This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday. It's the 30th. It's the bank holiday weekend. Shortly. Not at the moment. And they predict in the papers again snow for the weekend. I can't believe it. I don't think in London, but I think uh, up north or oop north, that's how they speak, uh, there'll be snow. The Avon lady in the paper today who earns more than the Prime Minister. Uh, what a silly girl, says the wolf-whistling builder. He said, I might whistle again, because it's not illegal to whistle at somebody. Uh, the mum, who's begged a man who's quite clearly deranged, and we'll name and shame today, leave me alone. He's stalked her for 12 years. He's followed her... Uh, all around town, including this building as well. Finally been sent to prison. And uh, none of the drug smugglers needed a bullet to the head. That's what they've told us. They said they all died within three minutes and they were tied with plastic ties to these crosses and they were executed. Now, as most of you were saying yesterday, you know, tragic though it is for the families to have to watch cars going past with their loved ones in, knowing that they're coming back the other way in a coffin. They were drug smugglers. They were convicted drug smugglers. Okay, Whichever way you look at it, drug smugglers. Tragic, though it is. Don't get near any kind... If you're going to continue smuggling drugs and people do for money or various other reasons, either they've got an addiction and you go anywhere near certain countries which have the death penalty, it's kind of on your own head, as it were. Uh, shamed on camera, the traffic warden who ticketed a crash taxi. She's since quit. Of course she has. She lied through her teeth and he went, wait a minute, I've caught you on, on camera. I've got you on video. He videoed her putting a ticket. He had an accident. And so he couldn't go anywhere. He was waiting for the RAC or the AA to turn up and she puts a ticket on it. Stupid woman. Stupid woman. Uh, the boy with no friends gets 200 cards after his mum did a little appeal. Obviously, it wasn't that much of an appeal to only get 200 cards, and that was something that went round the world. Um, God, that really annoying woman is, is back in the papers again today. The second time we've had to practically pull her house down to airlift her out by crane. And here she is again, 55 stone of blubber, who has continued, even with, you know, the pathetic amount of airtime that she was given on television and in magazines, how I'm going to lose the weight, I'm going to do that. She stuffed her fat face again, and uh, she has to be lifted. So they have to close all the roads... 15 vehicles turned up to crane her out of her house. She's that fat. She can't live for much longer, can she? She's 55 stone. They have to crane her out to get her onto the thing. And it's because people are taking her in food. She orders takeaways. She's making no effort whatsoever. No effort at all. Bit like Paul Gascoigne. Back on the booze again. So missed his... um, his adopted daughter, Bianca, the one who uh, who capitalises on his fame or lack of it or infamy at the moment, at every opportunity. I mean, she's always been a waste of space. Now, apparently, she's running a strip club. Class act. Class act. Uh, Kerry Katona's on another diet. I was wondering how she was going to finance the next phase of her non-existent and tragic life. So she's got on a diet. She says, I look amazing. It's still just an old woman, dear, touring with, uh, with a bunch of old has-been songs. Rock stars... Rock school star, little Chris, hanged himself. We know that was it, but the results of the autopsy have come in. His parents have said he was a bit depressed. He'd also said he wanted to quit the business. He didn't think he was good enough. Usual sort of things. And you think, you know, where were his friends? Where were the friends? Where were the friends to turn around and say, listen, you are good enough. You've just got to persevere. It doesn't sometimes happen overnight. 
You know, to be an overnight sensation is kind of a rare thing these days. Very rare thing. Um, apparently, Krishnan Gurumurthy is a parasite and a muckraker. And uh, he was called some other choice names as well by Robert Downey Jr. Grow up, Robert. Please grow up. Don't be silly. We've seen stupid people before. He was just doing his job. He was asking a question. All you had to do was say, I don't really want to answer that. You know, just be sensible about it. As opposed to being stupid, making yourself look like a bozo. We know what you said to a, a well-known television presenter. Nice pair of... You know, that gives us a rough idea where you're coming from. We know you've had issues in the past, but do grow up, dear. This is England. You know, if you want to behave like an idiot, we'll treat you like an idiot. Uh, and Greville Janner, good news of the day, could face questioning by the new sex abuse inquiry. Mind you, they found a school, haven't they, now, where um, Jimmy Savile apparently sexually abused 23 girls. It just It's never-ending, isn't it? It's absolutely never-ending. And that we're also still waiting for the royal baby. I mean, I've lost the will to live. I mean, for goodness sake, would it not be cheaper just to go out and rent one or something? Just go, she's had it. We can all go, oh, thank God for that. And all go back to doing what we do normally. So, um, oh, yes, it was a disaster. What a disaster yesterday. Anyway, got the car back. I did tweet the picture, as promised, of the little car that they've given me. The courtesy car, otherwise known as the clown's car. And it was lovely. It's very nippy. Put ten quids worth of petrol in. Doesn't seem to go down. You could drive for days on it. Me, ten quids worth of petrol gets you to the end of the drive. And that's as far as it goes. So I, I managed to get the car back yesterday, so that was lovely. So we've had the uh, the time, we've had a service, we've had uh, new new discs put in, all sorts of little bits and pieces. So that's, that's it for the year now, which is uh, good news. And then the sunshine came out, and that was even better news. We were all very pleased about that, but I didn't get home yesterday till about the time I picked the car up and done all the other things. It was about, uh, about five o'clock, I think. So just enough time to make some phone calls, have a quick something to eat, and then off to bed. And uh, then today, it's an interview for In Conversation. And then tomorrow, start of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned, no interviews. Yes. <laughs> Not that I don't mind doing that, but we've done something every day this week, so it's quite nice to have a day off. And so yesterday, I think to myself, I know what I'll do. Stupid. I mean, with hindsight, a big, big mistake. With hindsight, a big, big mistake. I thought to myself, well, while I'm out at work picking up the car yesterday, I'll chuck some washing in the machine. And I've got some very nice Daniel Hector towels. They're French towels. They were bought for me years ago as part of a lovely set. And they're red. Red with green sort of flashings in, as best I can describe them. I've never seen them since. So I think they must have been of the time. Perhaps it was the design for that year. So I've got these Daniel Hector hand towels. And lovely they are too. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll wash them. I, they're, what I, they're what I call ornamental towels. You're probably not familiar with this, but it's a bit like a showplace where you just have the towels hanging up. You don't physically use them. They just look nice and every so often you wash them. So I chucked them in the washing machine and I didn't think about it. I didn't think, and here comes the admission, that I put my pants in the washing machine, which were white. Not anymore. Pink. Pink pants. Pink pants. There's nothing you can do about it. Apart, you can get some colour run. In the end, I thought, you know, I can't be bothered. I'll just go and buy new pants today. It was such a nuisance. Because when I took them out, I, you know, sometimes, you know, when you take things out of the washing machine, you think, maybe it's the lighting. Maybe, maybe my eyesight has got that bad that I can't even see colours now. But no, in whichever colour light you put them in, they still came out pink. Towels look lovely. 
Towels look lovely. Pants don't look so good. So today, off out buying new pants. Always very exciting, you know, as we swap our socks on a daily basis. I see no reason why we shouldn't do pants at the same time. There was a lovely little spat in the paper, because, you know, I thrive on other people's misery. And if it's a celebrity, sort of, uh, then I thrive on it even more. And for some reason, Jodie Marsh, who I thought had been pensioned off to Australia years ago, but no, sadly, the poor old baggage is still out there. And... um, her and um, Jordan, they have to put down, you know, Katie Price, known as Jordan, known as waste of space around my way. But uh, so we, I was sort of reading this thing and apparently Jodie Marsh said something about Jordan in an interview. Well, Jordan can't resist her. You can wind her up like clockwork. You've only got to say somebody's searing Kieran. You know, somebody's having sex with Kieran and she goes up the wall. Very easy to wind up. Very, very easy person to wind up. Because uh, she'll believe anything. She's a bit of a simpleton. It's not her fault. She can't help it. She's a bit dim. And you can tell her anything, but she's she's just foul-mouthed. So this spat has kicked off on, on Twitter with uh, with Jordan saying, you know, you picked up all my, all my seconds and all the rest of it and nobody wants to be with you. That's why you're by yourself. And it is true. I mean, you know, they're both equally vile. But, you know, for Jordan to do mudslinging uh, Jodie Marsh... Is, is kind of not worth it, because neither of them are intelligent enough to know what's going on. And it is true that Jodie Marsh has picked up a few, uh, a few of Jordan's exes. But there again, nobody ever wanted to stay with Jordan. You can count the men on nearly two hands of who've been with her, and then they don't want to be with her, and, she's, and she slags them all off. Because she's vile. She's really... She's so awful. So, so awful. She can't keep a man for love nor money. All she wants them for is the child. Whether they pay for it is another matter. I mean, I'd be interested to find out whether or not Kieran Hale has actually got any money in his little toy town bank account. I suspect not, because he doesn't seem to be working at doing anything. And, uh, and as I was going through the papers, I then found some other stories which I knew would interest you today, including the shoplifting man, Freed, for his 522nd crime. I know. That's why people come to this country. They were running a clip earlier on from some guy saying, you know, he's immensely proud to be British, you know, and it's the best place in the world. It is. That's why everybody wants to come here. Because uh, you can't get arrested for anything. You get arrested, the police go through this palaver, and then you go to court and the judge throws it out or gives them community service, which doesn't mean anything. I think everybody on community service should be wearing a high-vis jacket with potential thief, potential murderer, potential rapist. It should be on the back there so we can quite clearly see. And we should be allowed to throw rotten, you know, seven-week-old fruit at them. I think that would be a good idea, and shout obscenities like, go home, boo, boo, anything like that, just to make them feel a little bit better about life. Because I think we're a bit too cushy. So when you read in the paper that a man, for his his 522nd crime, has been freed by a court, you begin to wonder whether or not the judge is either having one or two sherbets in the chambers or whether or not we've lost all sense of propriety. I mean, surely this man should have been locked up years and years ago. 522 offences. What do you have to do to go to prison? What do you have to do to go to prison nowadays? No, they've let him out again. But, and there's a picture of him. But, I mean, it doesn't really make any difference, does it? He's just uh, he's a shoplifter. He can't help it. He's just one of those people who just doesn't want to pay for it. You see people doing it all the time. I see school kids doing it now. Even worse. Even worse. The wolf whistling builder. You remember who whistled at Poppy Smart? And Poppy, who's now done so many different poses for so many different newspapers, uh, says he's not worth talking about. And, of course, she didn't hear anything because she had her earphones in. But she could hear the wolf whistling. And he said, I'll do it again. He said, I'll do it again. He said, because that's what builders do. It's supposed to be a compliment. Not in Poppy's case. Poppy doesn't like it. Don't whistle at me. 
You know, there is whistling and the whistling. I don't think the whistling he was doing was really offensive at all. You know, that's not very, that's not offensive, is it? I don't think so. If you see somebody walking down the road, it's, you know, it's pretty person. I mean, admittedly, it's a bit dated. It's a bit dated. You know, an ear love, show us your, you know, would be offensive. I don't think whistling and going, morning love, is offensive. It is if you're Poppy. Poppy goes, call please. Mustn't have things like that. So we all have to sort of go, oh, well, there you go, Poppy, you know. As I say, I want to find some pictures of Poppy draped round a male model. That'd just about do it for me for the weekend, I think. And the uh, the stalker, 12 years, he stalked this woman. She used to work here. She used to work in this building. 12 years he stalked her. Luckily, she, she caught him on camera. She's got him on, DV, she's got him on uh, CCTV. She's got him on everything. And finally, he's gone to prison. So the law is going to be changed so that sh- people like her do not have to suffer. More on that story in a moment. Quarter past four. <laughs> Nick Ferrari and the team at seven. And they're out in the battle bus. And this time they're broadcasting from Millennium Square in Leeds. So you can head down there and see them in action. Well, I think you could probably watch them broadcasting. Could be the uh, last time today with a certain Deputy Prime Minister. Who knows? You'll be deciding, but first put your question to the leader of the Lib Dems, Nick Clegg, as he joins Nick on the battle bus. Meanwhile, was social media to blame for your relationship breakdown? A law firm says they're seeing more divorces as a result of errant tweets and Facebook flirting. And Deputy Labour leader Harriet Harman joins Nick to preview how she thinks Ed Miliband will perform on Question Time Tonight, all the details of the journey that Nick and the team are doing is on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Cadge. Uh, is it is it Cadge? Cadge? C-A-J. Cadge. I think that's how you probably pronounce it. Anyway, he's, uh, he's obviously a farmer, I think. And uh, he said he's good with his hands. He comes from Hertfordshire. He says, if I was um, in that car, he said, I'd be sitting in the back to drive that thing. It's, I know. I mean, I, I had to tweet yesterday. I went, you know, they are having a laugh, aren't they? He says, I do wake up uh, early and listen to it. Well, you would if you're farming, wouldn't you? You would if you were farming, because this is this is normal time. You know, time and animals wait for nobody, I'm afraid. If you're going to be a farmer, you've got to get out there. If you've got to do piggies and sheep and lambing and birthing and all sorts, it's just non-stop. I have to be honest, I've, I've grown up around farms. In fact, a former producer of mine, Dave, his uh, his family had a farm down in Kent, uh, which I never actually went to for some reason. I don't know why. We did a lovely series for LBC called A Place in the Country. And we went round. We did Churchill's Birthplace. We did Number One London. We did Ham House. We did uh, all sorts of great places with the help of the V&A Museum. And yet I never went to Dave Burge's family farm. He's probably running it himself now. He left me years ago. Left it. They all do. They all do. They all move on to pastures new. Uh, thank you, Joe, for retweeting my picture. And then Neil says, your car comes with a shoehorn, does it? It was as bad as Stephen Milne. He's even... Very tight shirt this morning, Stephen, I thought. Very tight. Stephen does the... He does jewellery channels and he does the uh, the roulette. Is it right, actually, Stephen? I have to ask you this because somebody told me that because of the gambling laws, the wheel that we see spinning round, that's not here, is it? You're watching that on a screen the same as we are. Is that in the Isle of Man? That's what somebody told me. And uh, And William... William, I believe, is a, is a medical student, so you'll be useful later in life, and a Volkswagen enthusiast. Oh, God. Is that Herbie? He says, I probably asked you if you have a nectar card in Scotland. <laughs> don't know why. But um, he says, uh, what card do you have? I've always wanted to know. I'll tweet it later for everybody, and you can, again, have a look. You can have a look. People have seen it because we've used it for the uh, Make Some Noise 
charity. We've sort of taken people for drives around London, and that's always gone very well. And uh, one here who's working for Thames Water over Fulham Road, and yes, it's cold. Got my thermals on, so it's bearably nice and sunny later. And uh, somebody called Atomic Fountain says, Steve, living the dream? Question mark. I think people taking the mickey. And John, now this is an interesting one. In fact, when I first read it, I thought, I don't know, do I block somebody for that? And I thought, no, no, I have to do it on the programme. He says, um, uh, he, he sent it to Ian Collins as well. I don't know why Ian Collins would be interested. Perhaps he was talking about it. Uh, he says, idea for season two of Benefit Street. Put White D into a council flat with Steve Allen, see who survives. Well, it'll be me. She's going to die because she smokes. And also, you see, I don't think, I mean, were you saying that there's something the matter with council flats? Are you saying I don't sound as though I could exist in a two-bedroom flat or something like that? Oh, no, I'd, I'd survive. I'd probably end up killing her. So that'd, that'd be doing the country a favour. Uh, John Warrington said, good God, that car is dreadful. And then somebody else says, Steve, don't sneeze, it might, it might disappear. <laughs> and then Brian says, what's wrong with that? Better for the environment than your gas-guzzling Bentley. What's the matter with gas-guzzling? I'm probably paying your benefits. That's what I'm doing. And also gas-guzzling. What's gas-guzzling? Well, every single lorry is gas-guzzling. Every single bus is gas-guzzling. Every, every BMW, every, every sort of large 4x4 is gas-guzzling. I'd rather have gas-guzzling than some naff little car, I'm afraid. And uh, that is my... And then, and then Doug says, did the Bentley shrink in the wash? I mean, honestly. Everybody have a laugh at the poor old diabetic. Why not? Uh, lbc.co.uk. Apparently there is a, a product called Dr. Beckman's Glow, which seems to work, says Sean. This is when you want to take the colour out of... Other, to be honest with you, Sean, I'm just buying new ones. Just buy new pants. It's a lot easier. I can't, I can't be doing... with. I know you can buy these things that, that sort of take away the uh, the sort of the, the, the colour that you've inadvertently put into a white object. I mean, I was stupid. I should have realised. It was only when I took the towels out of the machine later that I suddenly went, oh, wait a minute. Pants. Should have thought about it. Should have thought about it. Uh, 84850, Um A lot of people talking about, about the voting. I can't believe that 40% of people still can't decide. I mean, I appreciate the fact that we don't believe a single word any of them are saying. I think it's easier to say that, isn't it? Because the things that they're promising are now getting ridiculous. I'm just waiting for somebody to say, and if you turn up to vote, we're going to give you all £1,000 cash. You know, just present your polling card and we give you £50 notes in exchange. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Then none of this stuff is going to happen. Because if they were going to make it happen, they'd have done it by now. Now it comes to an election. Now they start digging it out. And they've, they've appeared on every programme. They're appearing on LBC programmes, promising you the world. Promising you things that they just can't do. More border controls. More people there to make sure that we don't get. Because with the, with the boat people, what were they saying the other day? I think Farage was saying, oh, of course, you realise that there will be people who support ISIS coming in on these boats into this country with no checks. And then David Cameron had to say, no, no, we're not letting any of these people in. We're just helping them with the help of the Navy, like the Navy haven't got better things to do. And so, you know, when you listen, you know, we can have more nurses, we're going to have more healthcare workers. But where are they coming from? Where are they? Is there some room somewhere where they're all hiding? And whoever gets into power is going to open the door and go, come on, out you come. Because I think they're dead. I don't believe they're actually existing. So when you get to the polling, I mean, you should have made up your mind by now, surely. You can't be this indecisive. It's just not possible in this day and age. You must look at the parties and go, well, my mum and dad always voted for whoever, so I'm going to vote for whoever and stick with them. It's when you get politicians who switch from one party to the other. You think, well, you can't be very loyal, can you? 
Can't be very loyal. We're still on the subject of whistling. Whether or not we like whistling or not. Uh, whether or not you like stories about the drug smugglers who were executed. Now this uh, granny, who was all big-mouthed a short while ago, is now sort of getting a little bit frightened, saying it's unnecessary to execute people. It's uh, No, it's not. It's not a deterrent. It's absolutely not a deterrent. We've already established that over the years, haven't we? We've always thought to ourselves that, you know, they've got the death penalty in America in certain states. It doesn't stop people committing crimes that warrant the death penalty. So there is no deterrent because somebody who's going to go out there and commit murder, and you see it on, even on the streets of London. What a worry, everybody. But how many times have we seen feral youths? Always the ugly ones, isn't it? And they sort of, they stab somebody for their mobile phone. You think, I don't want to live in these areas. I'm quite happy to live where I am, but I appreciate the fact that every area has got its own little bit of crime. Uh, the story on the front of the Sun today is the election verdict. Born this day, and they've got reasons, they've got loads of reasons uh, for you to decide exactly who you want to vote for. Apple has been ticked off. Why have Apple been ticked off? One of my favourite subjects. Because over claims that its new watch fails to work properly for people with wrist tattoos. <laughs> How fantastic. Well, I wouldn't have thought if you've got wrist tattoos, you'd be wearing something like this. This is for classy people. Goodness sake, wrist tattoos, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, apparently users with inked arms have moaned online that the £300 plus gadget keeps locking. They also say heart rate results are inaccurate. Both issues are thought to be linked to ink blocking the watch from monitoring blood flow. Lord, you thought it would have been uh, quite um, quite good at doing things like that, wouldn't you? Perhaps they hadn't thought it. Perhaps Apple was sort of really, you know, wor- worrying about, you know, people with tattoos. It doesn't work with people with tattoos. Well, you don't want people with tattoos buying it. It's an Apple product. It's class. You don't want that chavvy stuff, do you? Tattoos stop it working. I wish tattoos had stopped Britain's fattest woman. This, I mean, I wouldn't mind, but this story annoys me so much that I'm liable to use bad language. Really. Like, you're a fat waste of space. This woman, woman, I use the term loosely, Georgia Davis, is, she weighs more than 55 stone. She's 22 years old. You'll be lucky to make it to 23. Really. She's had every bit of help. She was rescued by, wait for this, what a waste of time. Ten firemen, four paramedics, a doctor and a nurse in an operation that took seven hours. Can't they just treat her at home? Can't they do that? She's been lifted out of the ground floor home. It's got large double French windows, specially fitted to get her in and out in case of an emergency. How about a diet, darling? How about a diet? The first crane couldn't handle her weight, so a second, more powerful machine was brought in. She'd been taken to a hospital where it's thought she'll remain for four weeks. And uh, schools, you know, had to, people had to wait. Everything. Somebody says here, she may be having salads, but she's having takeaways too. I'm watching them being delivered. Well, she's a liar. Most people who are like this are compulsive liars. And uh, somebody said it's absolutely disgusting. She hit the headlines when she was 15. She was 33 stone. So now she's 55 stone. She's learnt nothing. She's become more stupid as the uh, year has gone on. She's been flown to an American fat camp. They've done everything for her. You cannot do more for her. And, um, and then she got multiple organ failure. <laughs> why, would, why am I surprised? I'm not surprised. Despite vowing to stay healthy, she's piled the way back on. Because she's a liar. You know, if she's, if she's vowing to stay healthy, how has she managed to increase another 20 stone? 
That's through eating garbage food. And she sits there, people bring it in. I remember the, the picture in 2008. 33 stone at 15. Gross, obese, clinically obese. You know, borderline death. Uh, you know, her organs can't go for much longer. Apparently, when she finally came out, uh, there was a blanket over her. <laughs> a, a very good idea. She's got a flatmate called Sean Thomas who said it was an ordeal for her, but she was in good spirits. Yeah. Is she paying for it? Of course she's not. Does she work? No, of course she doesn't. She's a sponger. Only she's the worst kind of sponger. She's being fed by her flatmate. They say she'd been stuck in bed for the last couple of weeks with water retention, which caused the infection. She'd been eating salads in an attempt to lose weight. Oh, grow up. Do me a favour, eating salad. What do you think? You sit there and you just eat salads and the weight just falls away. I don't think so, love. Not at 55 stone. Even I'm not naive enough to think... That, you know, you must think we're stupid enough to believe or buy into the fact that if you eat salads, you're going to be thin. Doesn't work like that at all. See, it's made me late for the news now. I'm so cross. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Uh, I was going to say, I just forgot what I was going to say then. There was something vitally important. Oh, yes. Do you remember? Oh, gosh, I knew there was something and I've forgotten about it because it featured in one of the papers yesterday. Do you remember there was a builder? And, uh, the, oh, sorry. <laughs> Too beg your pardon. Sorry. It makes it sound like we're sort of waiting for Robin Hood, doesn't it? We're not. The hunt's coming in. Look. Oh, look, dogs. Woof, 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 woof. Here they come. Jody Marsh, Jordan. And, um, there was a pub that the builder pulled down. There was a, a company from Israel, I think, an Israeli developer, and they pulled a pub down. A uh, historic pub. I think it was one of the very few survivors of World War Two. And uh, they they went in there, quite deviously, I thought, and pulled down a pub after they'd been told not to. Now, sometimes, in this case, the council, who are generally a bit sloppy when it comes to it, will say, oh, all right, well, I realise, you know, you made a bit of a mistake, but which, oh, shut up. Sorry. <laughs> it is on silent. Well, it is. It's on, it's on silent. Seriously. I, well, I can hear it, too. I think it's, I think it's tinnitus. Wait a minute, let's put it on silent. Right. There we go. So anyway, so they, they pulled this pub down, and they had a picture of what the pub looked like before, and then a pile of rubble. And inside were historic fireplaces. Also, the whole thing was all beautiful. Well, far from the council sitting back and going, well, hum ho you made a bit of a mistake there, don't do it again. They've said to them, you put it back exactly as it was. In other words, they've got to rebuild the pub with everything in it. Otherwise, the council are going to come down very hard on these nasty little people. So I've turned it... Honestly, seriously, it's on complete silent. And now it's still making noises. <laughs> Perhaps it's a fault. Perhaps it's a fault with the phone. Perhaps I'll sit on it. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Billy says, uh, I finished work early but took the long way home to catch some of your show. How very wise. How very wise. And Richard and... Oh, everybody's following this morning, which is quite... Nice. Uh, so apart from um, people called John and Kate and Terry and Adrian and Brenda and Craig and John. Uh, Ron, uh, John is a, is a motorcycle nut, but he's still doing the knowledge. Oh God, you'll be there for years, years. And, uh, and Richard, who's a, a remix stroke producer. 
I wish I even knew what that was. I have no idea. I'm always, always fascinated by things like that. Thank you, Warren, very much indeed. So, just going back briefly. Can I just go back briefly? Just so, because it gets it off my chest, because I get so angry about people who are wasting the NHS's time and money. As far as I'm concerned, you know, this girl who has just stuffed her face, stuffed her face, you know, for ages and ages. So, it's taken God knows how many hours to get her out. And I'm thinking, why are we bothering? They can't put her in an ambulance. They'll have to bury her when she dies in a piano case. You remember that guy abroad, or this country, I think? He was so big, they couldn't have been big enough. So he was buried in a piano case, which had to be hoisted onto the back of a lorry. What an ignominious way to end your life. But uh, anyway, so she's had all the offers. You've had your publicity. You've shown off. We've seen that, you know, you're a waste of space. You can't do what you're told to do. It just, uh, it just isn't working just isn't working. So I suggest what we do is we keep you in some sort of lock-up cell where nobody is able to give you, you know, takeaways. I don't know if she's affording... Ta- oh, of course I know. Oh, stupid Stephen. Stupid Stephen. Of course she can afford takeaways. You're paying for it. She's on benefits. You're paying for it. So, in fact, really, if we took her off benefits, that would be brilliant. We'd be doing her a favour. We're going to get your weight down, love, OK? You're going to be on a crash diet. Crash diet, because at the moment, just lying in bed like some beached, you know... Porpoise is, is not the way forward at all. We have to think of something better. And also, it's costing us a small fortune to get you in and out to hospital. It'd be quite nice if, like most people, you could fit into the back of an ambulance or failing that, you could just get on the bus and go in. You know, make yourself better because you're heading for a very, very early death. I, can, I can't put it any clearly. I cannot put it any clearly. You're clinically obese. The strain on all your, your bits and pieces is immense. You know, and if now you've got water retention, which has turned into an infection, and all this garbage about eating salads to lose weight. Yeah, what, over the last week or so, do you think? Well, she just had a couple of... And then, of course, she had salad with maybe chips. You know, salad with maybe Kentucky Fried Chicken. Salad with Chinese Takeaway. Salad with pizza. No, dear. You need educating. Dim people like you are an embarrassment. You know, your parents should be helping you out here, but they turn out to be as useless as you are. So, uh, 18 stone, after a stint in the fat camp but then went back up to 56 stone. So, in other words, didn't do any good at all, did it, really? Not, not any good at all. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. The royal baby is now five days overdue. Five days. Do we really care anymore? Do we re- Of course we do. I just want the thing to be born. I would find it an awful lot easier. We could sort of get on with our life, I think. Uh, I love the courtesy car, says Neil. Does it come with a shoehorn to help you get in? I'd like to see you, me and Kevin and your brother get in that one. <laughs> Do you know, the funny thing is, it's it's actually quite nippy. I can't remember, I think it's a Seat. It's quite nippy. And it's very nice, but when I got back into my car yesterday, it was like sitting in an armchair. It was lovely. And, of course, I, my, you know, I, you just have to touch the accelerator on my car and this thing takes off. On this other one, it has to build up speed. But it's very economical. Very, very economical. But they did phone me yesterday. Peter phoned me and said, um, he said, do you, do you need the car back for this weekend? Because I think at the moment they're sort of, I did see a lovely one yesterday. Oh, it was nice. It was nice. A little bit too expensive, but it was, it was particularly nice. And, um, and I said, well, I do need it back because this is the weekend. This is the bank holiday weekend that, as you know, I go down to my brother's and we go to a local garden centre. We'll have something to eat. He'll, he'll pick out hanging baskets and plants that he wants and I pay for them because that's what brothers do. You have to do things like that. And I find it a quite pleasurable experience. I do find it very, very nice. Although this weekend we've been told the weather's going to be cold. They reckon minus five 
tomorrow. Minus five. Small wonder we're all wearing overcoats. And they say, uh, over the bank holiday weekend, up to three inches of rain. Oh, dear, I hope not. For all the showmen listening who are out there going, this is the first week when we need to actually make some money. We need to get some people in. And if it's absolutely tipping down with rain, who the heck is going to go out to a, to a fun fair? Me. I'm the one. <laughs> uh, we had hail yesterday, says Noreen. Then torrential rain, and it turned so cold that uh, uh, big thanks to Clive, head of the podcasting, for getting the missing podcast sorted. <laughs> there was a, we had a gremlin in the works yesterday. Everything was all fine, and I didn't know about it till later. And then I did the interview with Martin Shaw. He was charming. He was so charming. Because um, I know that in the past... He's had a little bit of a reputation because he didn't want to talk about the professionals because he was he was sort of a bit sick to death of every interview that he did. Even though he's done loads of stuff before the uh, professionals, it, it's almost as if that was airbrushed from his career. And then they uh, they sort of talked about, you know, the professionals. And of course, they didn't have a good time at all. Him and Lewis Collins didn't get on. Um, they didn't enjoy the experience, even though it made them. It's, you know, sort of a, a celebrity. He didn't want to be a sex symbol. He appreciates the fact now because he's he's 71. But he's he's bright as a button. Really is. Such a nice man. Such a nice man. And we had a really, really nice time. And uh, that'll be uh, for a future because he's back with George Gently. Inspector George Gently is back. And they've got... This is the eighth... Even he can't believe it's the eighth year. The eighth year that they've done it. Uh, Warren, who knows all about planting, says, What's your annuals? I'm watching them now. I've got Beano, Buster. <laughs> Don't cast a clout until May is out. Because if it's going to drop down, and the temperature will, will drop down, you've got to be very careful, because you'll end up losing little plants that you put in. Uh, Clandon Park as well. Was this the one? This is the stately home where they've uh, had various things going on, haven't they? And uh, they've had a... A little bit of a fire down there, which isn't so good, I'm afraid. Not so good at all. 84850 oh, steve at uk, And um, Dell says, it's sad the passing of Keith Harris. Orville is reported to be speechless. <laughs> Did you say 55 stone? It's not possible to be so gluttonous, greedy, grotesque, says Sue Ann. She's 22. She's 22 years old, and all she's done is stuff her face. That's all it's been. And you know why? It's takeaways. I shouldn't imagine... Well, I mean, looking at the size of her, I don't think she can even stand up. You have to wheel her in and out on a bed because she just lies there like a beach well. It's like, feed me, feed me, feed me. And that's all it is. So her flatmate and her parents were getting all this food. You just go, no, you're not having it. What could she do? She can't get up and go and get it. You just have to go, you're not having it, dear. You're having soup today. I want takeaway. You're having soup, okay? And you're having no bread and no butter. And uh, we're going to give you lots of lemon juice in hot water to drink. Oh, what? Take away. No, we'll take away your phone as well. So you can't even order it. We're not going to allow you to order anything at all. It's the only way to do it, isn't it? Got to be cruel to be kind. And I think that that is probably being kind, I think. Uh, Sharon can't sleep. You won't when you listen to this programme. And uh, Steve says, I'm trying to muster enough energy to get ready for the gym. God, my friend Ian goes to the gym. I personally don't think it's making any difference. I personally... T- he'll, he'll not thank me for that. But I, I just don't... I mean, I just don't see the purpose of going to the gym. Why make yourself miserable? 
Why make yourself miserable? Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. I'm happy, because uh, no more diets. I think the trouble is you've all, we're all of us on some sort of a diet to, to, to sort of moderate. I mean, I, yesterday, because I got back late, I was debating what to, I was going to have, a Thai green chicken curry. But I said, no, don't, because it's, I mean, it's now getting to the time and I'm near bed. So what I have, broccoli and cheese bake, which was quite nice. That seemed to fill me up before bed. So that was very good. Uh, and then, but today I'll have enough time. I want to go back home when I finish and sort of faffer. Oh, I've got to go and get pants, haven't I? You know, something. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. And, um... And then Lewis says, how unprofessional. Turn your phone off. You're just jealous because you don't get any calls. I get calls when I'm even working. I get calls when I'm working. My friends want to speak to me when I'm working. They do that. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I don't want to go on about the, uh, the Twitter rant between uh, poor old Katie, hair extension, Botox, little breasts, unattractive, whiny little voice. Um, Hop, uh, Hopkins, I'm sorry, the Freudian slip there, Katie Price, and Jodie has been Marsh, because both their careers are finished now, and so it was, it was very, it was very odd, really, very, very odd, you know, people sort of, you know, slag each other off when they're both such mingers, they're both so vile, who cares about them, I didn't even know, to be honest with you, that sort of Jodie Marsh was still around, and as for Katie Price, I mean, we thought, we hoped, didn't we? She said, I'm going to Australia. Went, thank God for that. Perhaps you'll take the kids and stay there. Take little Kieran, you know, because it'll be, uh, it'll be a bit difficult. But they're, they're, watch, watch the Aussie birds if you do go. <sighs> Just thought I'd mention it. Uh, the burglar, the builder, who was quizzed by the police for wolf whistling, is an ex-lag who said she should count herself lucky. Dad of one, Ian Merritt, 28, but with the brain cell of a very small person. Um says here that this technique helped him snog so many birds. Oh, God, he's an ugly as well. He's got an earring, which is always slightly dodgy, I always think. Uh, Merritt, branded a lout by a judge who jailed him, um, says if she walks past again and she's lucky, she'll get a wolf whistled if she's lucky. <laughs> get your coat, you've pulled. You know, it's that kind of stuff. He said it's not worth getting into trouble over some silly little girl. Well, I have to be honest, I mean, I don't have too much respect for, for Poppy. I don't know her, but um, she's kind of, you know, don't, don't whistle. He only whistled. He didn't make leery statements of going, you know, I'd quite like to see you start naked or something like that. He didn't. He said, I picked loads of birds up by whistling, and then if she's lucky, I'll whistle again. Because it's not illegal to whistle. You know, it's just a bit dated and a bit silly. But uh, I'm a bit bored with, with Poppy Smart now. I tell you what, Poppy, go back to doing whatever job you do and just, just stay out of the newspapers because I'm so bored with you. I don't want to hear any more about it. OK? Makes it easier that way, doesn't it? Makes it easy. Oh, look, here he is again, Paul Gascoigne, stumbling out of a hotel after he guzzled gin. Well, of course, he's always back on the booze. I mean, I mean we'll just count the days, shall we? I don't know, what else can you do for people? What else can you do? You say to them, listen, don't drink... You know, it'll kill you eventually, especially the amount you're drinking. You're drinking all day, and he goes, no, don't worry. And so friends help him out, and what does he do? Turns around and throws it back in their face again. Oh, well. 13 minutes to five. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Thursday. It's the 30th. And uh, that little boy, do you remember he had no friends, apparently? He's a, a shy boy. And uh, his name is uh, Roman Povey. Embarrassing, is it? Your mum puts you in the papers by going, he doesn't have any friends. 
Must make him feel really bad. He suffers from delayed speech. He had received only one party invite in seven years at school. Uh, he's a keen film fan, and, uh, and his mum did an appeal around the world. And he used to cry himself to sleep at night. God, honestly. Nothing like laying it on thick, isn't it, really? How to embarrass your son. He cries himself to sleep at night. Mum, why are you saying that? Because I'm trying to embarrass you to get myself in the paper, OK? We will get famous, with or without your help. So, uh, around the world, you know, people sent in cards. You only got 200. So obviously, people weren't that interested. But uh, when Roman went to school this morning, there were children waiting to give him a card. He flung himself into my arms, saying, I'm crying with happiness, Mummy. Are we now famous enough to go on the television? Yes, probably you are. This morning will stick any old person on there, so you might as well do that one, mightn't you? Paddy McGuinness could be going into the Rovers. He's set to star in six episodes of Coronation Street, which, of course, is two more than Sarah Harding. Start panicking, Harding. Start panicking. It's not going to go much longer. Your five seconds of fame is almost up. And, uh, oh, there was a lovely story about Sunita. Now, I like Sunita because I've known Sunita for... Long, 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 long time. And uh, she threatened legal action after she was allegedly attacked by one of the real housewives of Cheshire. The X Factor mentor tweeted, I now have the CCTV footage of the hashtag Cheshire housewife attacking me so she can stop lying, pretending and twisting her story. Hashtag legal action. Now, you know that they nearly dropped the programme because they were so vile. I mean, they, they, no, they were, that's a lie. Sorry, that's made them sound interesting. They're so non-entities. Really, they're a bunch of trailer trash in Cheshire. Nobody classy in there at all. Really, nobody classy. They didn't do anything interesting. Some of them are so ugly, you can't believe they're even on the television in the first place. So, very interesting that Sunita gets, uh, gets trolled by one of them. But I love the idea. Go for it, Sunita. When she, when she says legal action, she means legal action. She doesn't, doesn't mess around. She's got friends in very high places. And so, when you get some low, low life from the, uh, the Cheshire housewives... As I say, it was so boring, it didn't even make a dent in the ratings. Nobody cared about it. It's like, what's that other programme that's not doing the ratings? That poor Victoria woman... In the morning, they can't get an audience. Seriously, at some point, it's zero. At some point, it's... Why even bother with it? Why even bother... What do people think? There's a lovely picture in one of the papers today. Which one is it? It might be... might be one of Richard Desmond's papers. And it's by that poor old soul, um, Lizzie Cundy. Lizzie Cundy. Uh, who's, I know. I know. The one whose column, if it gets any smaller in OK Magazine, it'll just be a dot... It's really that boring. But apparently she was out celebrating the other day because some fool somewhere has offered her a radio programme. A radio programme. <laughs> With her voice. Have you heard her? Oh, my Lord. Dear, honestly, the oldest non-entity in town. And she's doing it with a friend of mine. It's a bit embarrassing, really, because she's taken over, she wasn't even first choice, from Jordan, whose radio career lasted about five seconds. Why? People thought it was a bloke. She's got one of those dreary voices. She gets a few headlines in a few down-market papers. And so they've given it to Lizzie Cundy. So they have a party to celebrate her getting one programme. You want to come into the real world, sweet pea? You won't last, because none of the stuff you does la- does. None of the stuff you do lasts at all. And then, of course, just to really add to it, you open up the uh, Daily Star this morning, and here she is, little misattention seeker, Chloe Maidley. Chloe still desperately trying to flog her fitness site, still desperately thinking that she's attractive, still desperately thinking that she's tall. And yet, of course, by the time you've sort of taken all her clothes off, what you see is somebody borderline anorexia with badly dyed hair and, uh, and no personality. When you see her out with her boyfriend, she looks like a midget. 
poor soul. She's done her best, hasn't she? You know, what, oh, she's got a tattoo up her arm. What'll that be the name of the ex-boyfriends? Because every time she has a boyfriend, she goes to OK Magazine and goes, I've got a new boyfriend. So they do a little story on it and we all go, oh, God, how dull, how boring, how dreary. Uh, bad news, I'm afraid, if you're going to Michelle Keegan's wedding. I'll just say, that's it, end of story. Bad news if you're going to the wedding, because apparently uh, you're not allowed to take your phone with you. The reason they've given, and I'll tell you why it's a blatant lie in a second, is because they don't want cheesy ringtones going off during the ceremony. No, dears. Why are you lying? The deal is you've done it with a magazine. You've sold every aspect of your life up until now, short and shallow though it might be, and so because you've sold that, they don't want pictures. That's why there were no pictures of Michelle's hen party in... Where, where did she... I can't remember where she went to. Was it Bridlington or something like that? Something very classy. And uh, could have been Skegness, could have been Blackpool. Anyway, so she's so that's why the reason that they they banned is because all these sort of weddings where people sell every aspect of themselves, uh, they ban phones because you might take pictures and put them up on the internet, and they've done a deal so that the only pictures. So don't believe this this uh, this claptrap that she's come up with, and he he probably has as well about cheesy ringtones. So they 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 they've got people coming in. And so you will be checked for a metal detector. I know, because I've been to one of these weddings. I've been to one of these weddings before. And the, you have to hand your phone in. Because they don't want anybody to take it, because they've sold it. So in other words, they don't actually have any friends, because they couldn't care less about their friends. Because their friends are not allowed to take private pictures, in case they get out into the media. That's why. So it's a bit embarrassing. But of course, if they need the money, then they'll have to do something like that. It's a shame, really, isn't it? I wonder how long it'll last. <laughs> I'm, I'm practically betting on it at the moment. Sean's going off metal detecting today. I wanted a metal detector. When I was younger, when I was, um, when I was about 14, 13, 14, I always fancied a metal detector. I fancied sort of going out into And then I suddenly realised, of course, you can't just go round farmers' fields metal detecting, much as though you would really want to. People do find all sorts of, of lovely things. And I thought... You know, I, I, I quite fancy that idea. And we never got around to it. I never, I never got a metal detector. I never got a pogo stick either. I was promised one of those when I was about 12 by one of my, uh, my uncles. And uh, I remember even up until the day he died, I was still thinking, I never got that pogo stick. I was always promised a pogo stick. And I never got... I got roller skates. Jacko roller skates. Roller skates, that's what they were called. And so, you know, in the days when we quite liked roller skating... You don't see that many people... Ro- you see people rollerblading, but the actual roller skating is is a little bit difficult. But I, I liked it. I liked roller skating. Very exhausting. Very exhausting. Chris Eubank hath married his manager at the end of a family holiday. He said he, uh, he faked going down for a coffee one morning to see if he could get a marriage licence. Good old Chris Eubank. Um, I remember meeting Chris and uh, Karen. They divorced ten years ago. Ten years ago. Anyway, uh, he, he's been on the Claire Balding show. You know, he's, he's such an ego. Do you remember when he went on the Mrs Merton show and he had a monocle and his little cane and his briefcase? You know, he's going on a chat show. You know, he might as well have wheeled on a kitchen sink and a microwave. And he goes on to the chat show and she asks him a question and he looks at her. Because he likes to think that he's really bright. But in fact, he's not really that bright. He's bluffing. And, um, and so Mrs Merton said to him, Come on, Chris. It's a chat show. <laughs> I ask questions and you answer them. 
and he'd sit there looking at her, and then he sort of he, he would come up with this diatribe. But if you lived in Brighton, as Sean does, you'd have seen him all the time. He used to park his big truck up, and he'd go up and down on a little scooter until people noticed him, and then he'd sign autographs. He used to keep all these autographs, these these photographs of himself. He was on such an ego, such an ego. But anyway, so he's married his manager. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. He turned up on the Claire Balding show. Is that rating? I don't think so. I don't think so. She's had a haircut, like Frankie Sanford, or Frankie, whatever she's called now, from the Saturdays, which is great if you're Frankie Sanford's age, but not when you're Claire Balding's age. You know, we're looking for something a little bit less severe, Claire, and I love Claire Balding. I think she's, I think she's fabulous. I, I love her at the racing. I think she's made a big mistake by doing a chat show. You know, it can be a kiss of death of people's careers. It doesn't matter, you know, they go, oh, she's very popular. There's quite clearly not, quite clearly not. You know, once you start appearing on the television too much, people get bored with you. You've got to limit it. Uh, the mother of the riot lad speaks out. Do you remember the riots in Baltimore? She says, is he a perfect boy? No, but he's mine. He knew he was in trouble. And so she uh, she grabbed him. She ripped his uh, his mask off his face. You come home now. You come now. And, um, and so off they went. His name's Michael. And... Uh, she, he's only 16, but quite clearly, so you don't know, but she recognised him immediately. You get your over here. And so uh, that's how it happened, and he ended up looking very silly. Very silly person. We, of course, laughed like drains, didn't we? Uh, Robert Downey Jr., in a lot of the papers for today, he's branded Channel 4's Krishnan Gurumurthy uh, syphilitic parasite. Because Krishnan Gurumurthy asked a couple of questions he didn't like. He quizzed him about his past problems with drugs and alcohol. Because if you've got somebody in there and and they have had problems with drugs and alcohol, you're going to say to them, so listen, you know, drugs and alcohol, you know. And all he has to do is say, well, you know, that was a long time ago. I'm a different person now. And treat it like an adult as opposed to being a complete idiot and walking out. You know, Krishnan Gurumurthy is not a muckraker. He's not a parasite. You know, you need to, you need to learn. Put it this way, your people must have thought he was worth you know, interviewing you, because they put it forward. Every single person who's interviewed, they show them the list and they say, right, you're being interviewed today by Steve Allen, you're going to go and see Lorraine, you're going to go and see the Loose Women. Which ones do you not want to do? And they go, I don't want to do the Loose Women and Lorraine, I'll just do Steve Allen. And that's how it works. And in the case of Krishnan Gurumurthy, he's an experienced interviewer. He merely asks something that people would be interested. And had Robert Downey Jr. been an adult and had his brain in gear, he might have been able to answer it and turn it into a real positive. It wasn't a negative... He was trying to be positive. It's LBC, News at Five coming up. And in the next part of the programme, the Avon lady who earns more than the Prime Minister. Mind you, loads of people. People working for the NHS are earning more. We'll teach you how to speak cat this morning so you can communicate. The wolf-whistling builder says, what a silly girl. Yes, this is, uh, this is Poppy Smart. Uh, the mother who begged a man, leave me alone. She used to work in this building. Luckily, he was caught on CCTV. He's been stalking her for 12 years. Finally, the law has got round to locking him up. What a buffoon. None of the drug smugglers needed a bullet to the head, which had they missed the target, which was pinned onto them over the heart, they would have had to do a bullet to the head. Either way, it was, uh, it was pretty disgusting, but they were drug couriers. It's LBC. On... This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Eating healthily. Oh, we all try, don't we? English asparagus. Apparently it grows six inches a day. 
None of the uh, drug smugglers, according to uh, reports coming out of Bali, needed a bullet to the head. They all died within three minutes. That sounds an awful long time to me. A quarter of all people hate their jobs. Go and do something different then. Still waiting for the royal baby. Seems to be a daily... You watch, it'll happen over this weekend, I can just tell. Uh, The boy with no friends gets his 200 cards. That's after a worldwide appeal, so they don't like him either. The 55-stone woman had to be lifted the second time by a crane. The first crane had to be sent away. Took about 15 people to get her into hospital. At what cost? Oh, and Gaza's back on the booze. No big surprise there, I think. All of that and uh, Kerry Katona's picture. She's in her magazine. It's obviously some sort of quasi-diet thing. She's going on tour and she looks amazing. No, she just looks like an old, badly made-up old woman with a bad hairstyle. Uh, The peril of flogging your cheap magazine out to a magazine... Catherine Jenkins proudly told me, she said, we didn't sell our wedding to a magazine. We wanted it to be our day for us and the family. The pe- people who sell it to magazines, bit sad, isn't it, really? Uh, and Greville Janner faces questioning by a new sex abuse inquiry. They're, they're not letting go, this one. They're not. Much as I'm sure the family, who keep on a daily basis denying that he had anything to do with any of these things. Although, you have to ask the questions, how do you know... I mean, I would do the same, you know, if it was my family, you'd be saying exactly the same thing, wouldn't you? If somebody said, you know, did this happen, you'd be going, no, they're not capable of this sort of thing. And because he's got dementia, I think when he's quizzed, they will then discover at what extent the dementia is. I don't know how far it's gone, but quite clearly the papers aren't letting this one go at all. And, um, and Jimmy Savile, back in the news still. This is over... A story which emanated on LBC yesterday that he sexually abused 23 girls at an approved school, which I think is uh, around the Staines area. The uh, the shoplifting man, 522 crimes, and we freed him again. Because I suppose they've probably come to the end of their tether going, well, if we put him in prison, it doesn't make any difference because he's going to be coming out of prison and then he'll just carry on shoplifting. Some people are habitual shoplifters. Some people are just uh, are just thieves. And they just go out there and they want to thieve because they because they can, I suppose, because they don't they don't need to worry about it. It's not their goods, not their shop. Why should they worry about it? So you get professional thieves. They will they will thieve to order. That's just some of the stories which are trending. And I hate that word. I so hate that word. I've just I've tr- I've tried to block it from my vocabulary. Not too difficult. I only have a vocabulary of about two hundred words. But if I can block trending, because I keep hearing it on all radio stations. They go, trending this week. And I go, what do you mean? Do you mean what people are saying this week? This is what people are talking about. It's trending. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Here's the Avon lady. She's earning more than the Prime Minister. She does a 20-hour week and she earns £170,000 a year. Mind you, she is managing 2,500 door-to-door sellers. It's pyramid selling. And a lipstick is sold every three seconds. Founded in 1886 by an American door-to-door bookseller. Do you remember the, the door-to-door salesman? Years and years ago, it was the vacuum salesman. He would come in and demonstrate a vacuum cleaner and housewives would buy it because you could buy it on the never-never. You know, you don't have to sort of cough up lots of money now. You can just put down a pound and you can have this vacuum cleaner delivered. That's how uh, washing machines started. They offered them free to people. You can pay, you know, have it now, pay for it later. They still do that in, in certain places, don't they? They offer. But the, uh, the door-to-door salesman, we used to love them. We didn't used to get that many where we were because we were at the end of a very long lane. So they didn't actually didn't actually get down as far as us. They couldn't be bothered. By the time we walked down there, if there was nobody in, you've got to walk all the way back up again. But they did it, didn't they? That, that was the basis of the film Paper Moon. 
Do you remember with Ryan O'Neill and Tatum O'Neill, his daughter, who was so good in it, playing Addie? And uh, their scam was that they would go round to houses. Although they, first of all, they'd move into a town and they would pick up the local paper and they would go through the, the, uh, the death the death list, the people who died, and they would have a little set of Bibles in the back and a little printing thing, a little like a John Bull printing outfit. And uh, they discovered that, say, a man called John had died and his wife, Betty, missed him so much. And they would write, you know, to, to Betty with all my love, John. And they would knock at the door, having printed this Bible up, and they'd say to Betty, who answered the door, oh, is John in? And she'd go, no, I'm sorry, he passed. And they'd go, oh, oh, we're so sorry to hear that. He ordered this, this Bible for, are you Betty? Yes, I am. He ordered this Bible for you, Betty. It was He did it a few weeks ago, and he ordered the deluxe edition. <laughs> so, of course, every single time, the partner bought the Bible. And that was how they operated their scam. It, it, it probably was a genuine scam in America. The other one was where they went in there, and they, um, and they switched a note. So they would go in there, hand over a $20 note, which they'd written on it, Happy Birthday, Addie. And uh, the person wouldn't look at it. They'd just put it in the till, give him the change from $20. Little Addie would go in. She'd buy some sweeties, hand over a dollar. The woman would give a change. She'd go, I gave you $20. And the woman would go, no, you didn't, little girl. You gave me a dollar. And she said, I gave you $20. And if you check on it, it says, to Addie, happy birthday, love, Auntie Lil. So the woman would go to the... The boss came over, went to the till, he went... It, she did have this $20 bill. And, of course, the woman was all flustered, so they ended up getting the $20 twice. Clever scams. You watch. You're all thinking about that now, aren't you? You're thinking, how many Bibles can we get? How many Bibles could we move around the country? Here is a story of a lady called Claire Waxman. Claire Waxman uh, begged a man who stalked her for 12 years to let her lead a, nor- a normal life. His name is Elliot Fogel. Yesterday, he was given a three-and-a-half-year term for breaching a lifetime order banning him. He's quite clearly got quite a few screws loose. And um, this was the third time the TV producer um, has been jailed for harassing her over a 12-year period. Mrs Waxman, whose campaigning has helped secure tougher stalking laws, said Fogel's actions had led to her developing insomnia, uh, a stomach ulcer, losing huge amounts of weight and suffering a miscarriage. Stalkers wreck their victims' Lives In one year, he Googled her name more than 40,000 times. I don't I think you just take people like that out and you humiliate them totally. He got copies of her wedding photos, her family's business accounts. He once posed as a prospective parent at her child's nursery, traced her to five different addresses, broken into her car, spent countless hours watching her. He's obviously got some illness. He's sick. He's a sicko, isn't he? He didn't give evidence. At Harrow Crown Court, the jury that convicted him heard how he saved information about Mrs Waxman on his computer in breach of a restraining order. He'd also started a bogus High Court case, claiming she'd libelled him in press interviews. You stupid man. I'm glad you're in prison. I'm glad you're in prison. Because it quite clearly didn't make any difference, did it? He had a restraining order. She used to work here. She used to work in this building. And uh, he invited her to dinner. And uh, and then she declined. Then he sent an email going, uh, you didn't have dinner, should we reschedule? He's quite clearly deluded, isn't he? He's obviously got some sort of sick illness. Mrs Waxman said he had an unhealthy interest. Uh, they did meet as sixth formers. Um, it's, I mean, it's really embarrassing, actually. He surfaced on Christmas Day, jogging on the spot outside her parents' house in a cul-de-sac, contacted the police... 
He pleaded guilty to harassment and an indefinite restraining order was imposed, banning him from going near her home, but he continued. He was jailed in 2010 and again in 2012. Ridiculous. I mean, just leave him in, in prison and throw away the key. Elliot Fogel is quite clearly one of the stupidest people on the planet, but as far as she's concerned, it's nothing to do with stupidity. He's a, he's a serious menace. You know, so he needs to be taught a lesson. And I think, you know, the lesson is, let's leave him in prison. I think uh, much easier that way. But at least she's managing to get the law changed. Because it must be awful to have somebody... There used to be a radio presenter years ago. Well, obviously, quite clearly, there were radio presenters. But this one was stalked by some woman who thought she was married to him. And would turn up at the radio studios. And they go, well, what are you doing here? And they go, I'm waiting for my husband, because we got married. And they did it in an episode of Brookside. It ran for ages. One of the women who was pretending she was having a relationship with one of the characters. So much so that all all his friends believed that he was having a relationship with this woman. And so she'd say, oh, he doesn't want to talk about it. He's very embarrassed. And they'd go, oh, right, why are you embarrassed about talking about her? He said, I'm not going out with her. But she was so convincing, she was so convincing that he thought he was going round the bend. You're obviously all going round the bend because you can't do in Morrison's self-scan tills. What is the matter with you? What is complicated about pushing a button that says start? So you push start, you take your item, you move it over the magic eye, it's a big bit of glass, and then you put it in the bagging area. Then you do the second one, third one, fourth one. Whenever you've finished, you then push finish. Then it will say, have you used any bags? You go, yes. It'll say, how many? You push one. Then you push pay, and it will put up the options. Cash or credit card or whatever, however you want to pay it. And you pay, and you leave. Well, apparently in Morrison's, they've had so many complaints from customers. It must be driving them to distraction. So two staff-run express checkouts for shoppers buying ten items or fewer are being introduced at each of Morrison's 504 uh, uh, shops, stores. Uh, So they're going to bring back these things, even though customers complained about them. You've got to learn how to do these things. Listen, you managed to do it with petrol stations. Do you remember Happy Days years ago? You'd pull into a filling station, you'd drive over a bit of rubber tubing, which went bing, 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 and the man would come outside and you'd go... Uh, three gallons, please, because it was all gallons in those days. And he'd go, right you are, and you'd have a little chat to him while he was filling it up, and then you'd follow him back inside and you'd pay the money. I used to work in a in a filling station, illegally, because I wasn't old enough to actually do it. I used to love it. The car would come in, the mist would be down, and you'd go out there and go, yes, and they'd go, uh, five is worth. You'd put in a five is worth of petrol, or a pound's worth of petrol. Happy days. No point in putting in a pound's worth of petrol now, is it? Wouldn't get you anywhere at all, except if you were driving my Sayat which was my uh, my courtesy car. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, still to come, Joni Mitchell. She's not in a coma. Staff have said she's not... Why do they keep putting it in the paper? She's in a coma. She's not in a coma. She is awake and recovering well. She's 71. She was rushed into intensive care, as you remember. We reported it on LBC. She was found unconscious on the floor of a Los Angeles home. But she's fine. She's not in a coma. She was only in a coma for a very short space of time, but she's uh, she's awake. Full recovery is expected. OK? So they're, they're kind of telling everybody, stop printing, that she's in a coma. She is not. Quarter past five. Latest news headlines. Lisa is... Nick and the team at seven. Could be the last time with a certain deputy prime minister. Who knows? You will decide. But first, put your questions to the leader of the Lib Dems, Nick Clegg. As he joins Nick on the battle bus 
in Leeds. Meanwhile, was social media to blame for your relationship breakdown? A law firm says they're seeing more divorces as a result of errant tweets and Facebook flirting. I'm not on Facebook. Uh, I don't know why I'm mentioning that, actually. It doesn't really come into it, does it? And Deputy Labour leader Harriet Harman joins Nick to preview how she thinks Ed Miliband will perform on Question Time tonight. Nick's live from Millennium Square in Leeds. You can head down there and see. It's got a huge... I, I suddenly realised the other day, somebody said, has it got a picture of Nick on the bus? I said, has it ever? It's got the biggest picture you've ever seen. I'd love to be on the side of a bus. You can see details on the rest of the journey. It ends in London. It's on our website, lbc.co.uk. And, uh, and Billy says, Jodie Marsh lives close to my village and pops into the local pub. Oh God, can't you get a bard? That would not be easy. I mean, she must be lowering the tone of the area. Uh, more on the, uh, the drug smugglers. It's interesting, actually, that two of the people were Australian. I think uh, two people were uh, Nigerians. There was a Ghanaian, an Indonesian... And somebody from Brazil. But how much do you think Australia gives to Indonesia every year? About £312 million. It's the country's biggest donor after Japan. And now they're considering withdrawing their ambassador to Indonesia amid calls for a cut in foreign aid. And I think people have missed the point here. These were convicted drug smugglers. The woman, who is Lindsay Sandiford, who's 58, she was found with £1.6 million worth of cocaine in her bag. She was a drug smuggler. She got the death penalty because they have the death penalty for drug smuggling. The Australians and all the other people, whether or not, and the Australians converted to Christianity and were made pastors while they were in prison. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of these odd things, isn't it? It's like reading about other people. They go, well, they've had the calling. Doesn't make any difference. They were convicted of drug smuggling, and that's why they died, because the death penalty, no matter whether you agree with the death penalty or you don't, these people took that risk. And uh, they'd been sitting there for quite a number of years on death row. A lot of people sit there and they never get executed. In this particular case, I, I, you know, they exhaust every avenue. You know, can they find anything out about it? No. You know, is there any chance that they made a mistake? No. So the eight smugglers... Stared at the firing squad. They didn't want to wear blindfolds. I, to be honest with you, I don't know why they even bothered wearing blindfolds and that sort of thing. What difference does it make whether you see the person who's firing the gun or you don't? Twelve people. Each person got twelve people. So there were actually an awful lot of executioners there, but only three people had live bullets. And nobody knows which three it is, so nobody can say, I executed these men. It's when they, they do the lethal injection as well. One person's got the, the lethal one, but they don't know. They're all mixed up the tubes, so you can't tell who it is who's actually killed somebody. Not that I think it makes any difference. But in the case of uh, an execution squad, and I believe there were quite a number there. I think it was in, it was in three, three figures. And only three of them have got live bullets. The rest are firing dummies, but they don't know that. They're just aiming at a target, and they normally blindfold. In this case, they didn't, and they've announced that they didn't need to be shot in the head, which is somebody who maybe, you know, I mean, you're assuming if you've got people there who are aiming at a target, they're able to hit it. And uh, now I think the bodies are on their way back to Australia. But uh, it's inter- I mean, it's, it's a lesson, but it, it won't deter people. It really won't. The fact it's got, got the death penalty won't make any difference at all. People will say, well, you know, I need the money or I'm being pushed or coerced into doing something. I'll have to do it. Uh, shamed on camera. A traffic warden. No kidding. 
A traffic warden shamed on camera. Uh, this is uh, the driver who tells the story, Mohammed Arif. He left his car on double yellow lines after being involved in a crash with another vehicle in central Manchester. But the warden issued a parking ticket for the taxi while he was waiting for an AA mechanic to fix it. Mr Arif is now appealing against the parking ticket as it's not illegal for broken down cars to stop in the road. In the video footage, filmed by the father of two, it clearly shows his bumper hanging off after the collision. He can be heard pleading with the warden that he can't move the car. Mr Arif says, you don't realise my vehicle is not movable, I can't move it. But the warden refuses to answer him, saying only, you're not allowed to video me. (laughs) Right. I think you are. It's on a public street. You can. That's why the interceptors go out there, the police cars, and the, uh, and the, the, the generally the villains go, what's he filming me for? And they go, because he's entitled to. He's entitled to. This is a public street. Anyway, she then thrusts her hand in front of Mr Arif's phone to stop him from filming and insists that Mr Arif assaulted her, pointing to some marks on her wrist. Other witnesses weigh in, with one telling the traffic warden to use her common sense and let Mr Arif off, and another telling the taxi driver to leave the warden alone. The warden has now resigned, because quite clearly she's not fit for purpose, after being confronted with the footage. Manchester City Council have vowed to investigate the unacceptable incident, but Mr Arif says, I wouldn't have wished for her to resign, and I'm saddened that she has. My intention for filming was not to get her into any trouble. She perhaps just needed more training. The law states... It is not an offence to park on double yellow lines if your vehicle is broken down and cannot be moved. And if you have to go away, put a thing broken down. They cannot tick it. It's the law. If they haven't trained somebody, and if she goes, you can't video me, yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. Yes, there's no law against videoing somebody on the street. You can't go into somebody's house or into her offices and start filming her there, but you can definitely, definitely film on the streets. It's it's that, that cut and... Otherwise, we wouldn't have any programmes on the television. We wouldn't be seeing anything at all. We wouldn't be seeing all these horrible people. And she quite clearly decided that she would um, that she would sort of resign, I suppose, as apart from getting a, a disciplinary, because there is that danger, isn't there? Five meals a day. This is Jennifer Aniston. That's the secret to a, a fab figure. Goes back to that 55-stone, 22-year-old, doesn't it? She must be eating about five meals a day. The trouble is most of hers consist of Chinese takeaways, pizzas, fish and chips, and uh, anything else that is particularly bad when you're not actually doing any exercise. You know, there are people who can probably eat Kentucky Fried Chicken every day of the week, but you've got to do exercise. You know, I always think that there should be a notice in the Kentucky Fried Chicken window, you know, specifically keeping really, really fat people away from the front of the shop and pushing them towards the back. Because it's not the greatest advert, is it? And in her case, 55 stone, it's cost... I wouldn't like to imagine what the cost of getting her into hospital was. Something something very, very, very expensive. I would think, you know, it must be in the region of £30,000. There's so many different appliances up there. The fire turned up, the police turned up, an ambulance turned up, two cranes, just to get her out. You know, why can't they just keep her inside, wire her jaws up and make sure she can't eat anything? Because she's heading for an early grave. Jennifer Aniston does five five-minute workouts every day and eats between three and five meals. So five five-minute workouts. So it can be done. Mind you, what she's eating sounds a bit dull to most of us who have a healthy appetite. The Morrison's breakfast, for example, sounds particularly nice. So this is what, this is what she eats for breakfast. 
You have to excuse me. I mean, I, I, I sort of, I do laugh at sometimes our Hollywood superstar friends who eat such pretentious food. Scrambled egg. OK. She has it with dried chilli and hot water with lemon. OK, that's quite nice, but, you know, chips and hash browns would be better. Uh, lunch. Courgette, asparagus and steamed white fish with lemon, garlic and walnuts. Boring. <laughs> Not very exciting. Dinner. Mexican taco filled with grilled chicken and a spicy salad with cucumber and tomatoes. Now, that's about the first acceptable thing that she's come up with. For snacks, green tea with fresh mint. Boring. A few squares of high-quality dark chocolate. Very good for you. Blueberries, goji berries and a sprinkle of chia seeds. I don't even profess to know what chia seeds are, but they certainly won't be featuring in my diet. And she does a five-minute workout, one minute of non-stop skipping... I know a few presenters around this building that skip. One minute of tricep dips. Is that where you sort of you're up and you get down and up again? Uh, one minute of tricep kickbacks, stretching a resistance hand behind your back. One minute of push-ups against a wall and one minute of floor push-ups. And for that, you get a figure like hers. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I think you can eat, you know, chips and all sorts of, of good things, provided you exercise. So in the case of the very, very overweight, clinically obese 22-year-old at 55 stone, she's not doing any exercise at all. She can't even walk. She can't walk. That's why I've always said that, you know, if you actually said to her, we're not getting... I mean, her friends are the ones to blame in this. Because quite clearly, you know, she's eating this stuff, but they're getting it for her. So it's the friends who should be blamed. Absolutely. So what you have to do is you have to take away the friend and say, right, from now on, no telephone. From now on, no more takeaways. Any takeaway that supplies you with food is technically going to be killing you, so we'll have them prosecuted. Do it like that. Do it like that. You've got to be cruel to be kind. I'm sick to death of people mamby-pambying around people. And they say, well, you know, she, she wants Chinese takeaway. I couldn't care less. She's not having it. Patron of the uh, London College of Fashion, the Countess of Wessex, was out... And uh, people were told uh, it was it was a special event to wear uh, head to toe black. Sadly, Grayson Perry, God, we're bored with Grayson Perry, didn't get the memo. So he turned up in a typical eye-catching ensemble with green platform shoes. I mean, I just see Grayson Perry as an exhibitionist and a bore. I'm afraid the sort of person you go to a party, they go, Grayson Perry's here. We go, oh God, are you sure? God, blimey, how on earth do we get invited to that? Designers seem to love him. I'll, uh, I'm quite a good client because I'll wear anything, says Perry. Yes. I think you just look like an idiot, actually, but that's my opinion, which I'm luckily entitled to. Uh, who else was out the other night? Brits at the Ritz hail the human taxi. This was Tatler's Best of British Party with Jaeger. The food there, you see, was... Oh, I must take a break. I'll tell you what the food is in a minute, because it, that, that, this is my idea of good party food. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Thursday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. So the Brits at the Ritz. This was Tatler's best of British party. And uh, all sorts of people turned up. Even Acid Rain Spencer. God, I thought she was dead. No idea Rain Spencer was still alive. Uh, also, lots of people you've never heard of. Lady Titania with her friend Sabrina Percy. Lily Lewis. Lady Violet with Lady Kitty. Uh, Alice Naylor Leyland. I've never heard of any of those people. <laughs> I'm sure they're terribly important, but not in my life. And they had uh, a traditional English afternoon tea, including cucumber sandwich. Have you ever had cucumber sandwiches? 
I had them at Barbara Cartland's house many, many years ago. And it's just literally cucumber, a slice of cucumber, in between two little bits of bread with a crust cut off. It was quite, it was actually quite nice. Quite nice. You need to eat a lot of them, though. Uh, fresh strawberries. Battenberg cake. See, nobody makes Battenberg cake anymore. Quail's eggs plus oxtail pasties. Ugh, yuck. And uh, chicken satay roll. That sounds quite nice. I, I can go for that. But it is interesting that Rain Spencer, they now put down stepmother of Princess Diana. That's the link. I mean, she must be about 90 by now, I should imagine. Uh, but uh, they were all there, so people had a nice time. The best place to go to, they tell me the other day, was the Royal Albert Hall, where they put on two performances of Follies. It was packed, packed to the rafters, and they all did very well, including Anita Dobson, who uh, tapped her way into people's hearts. And uh, brought the house down. So I'm told everybody went home, big smiles on their faces, very successful. That was Craig Revel Horwood who put that together with a super cast, including, as you know, uh, Anita Dobson, Betty Buckley was there, Anita Harris was there. It was was a real all-star cast, which was lovely. Uh, Last time, Roxy Music singer Brian Ferry's son, Otis, named after a lift, made a political statement. Parliament was suspended after he and four other protesters burst into the Commons while MPs debated whether to ban hunting with dogs. This week, Otis, named after a lift, has been making a quiet intervention, canvassing by phone from Tory HQ. Here all day, he told friends, come join. Shame Brian Ferry wasn't there to sing, let's stick together. Funny, isn't it? I have to laugh at their family. I always laugh at Brian Ferry, because you always think he's so posh, and yet humble beginnings, as they say. Council estate. Council estate. Um, this is, um, oh, I can't read that one, it's too, it's too far too, if this, it was a graphic story in the papers, I always feel a bit guilty about doing it, because I'm always very mindful of the fact there might be children listening, and they might be eating breakfast going, I don't want to hear about this while I'm eating my breakfast. There's, uh, if ever there is money involved in a will, people argue, and there is an argumentative story in the paper today of a man who died at the age of 75, but he left his half a million pound will to a builder who cleared his gutter and said, no, you have it for free. And he remembered that act of kindness, and so all those years later he decided to leave him the entire contents of his will, which appeared to have been changed a short while before. And of course the family are not very happy, as indeed you would not be, I suppose. Wait a minute, the money that we thought was coming to us is going to somebody we don't even know about. Why? Uh, Every single paper carries a picture of the unrepentant Ian Merritt. Uh, Ian Merritt, this is the boy, I say boy, He's. uh, I think he's, he's 28 uh, but he, he wolf-whistled. He's a bit of a plank. He looks like a plank. And uh, he's been jailed before. He punched a man on a train. Oh, dear. Not a very wise move, Mr Merritt, was it? Anyway, this revelation came as the labourer said cat calls were part and parcel of life on a construction site. Poppy hated it. Poppy hated it. There's always going to be somebody who hates something, you know. And so he'd been drinking. He was on a train at Worcester in 2009. They abused a passenger. And then Mr Merritt punched him. For that, he went to prison. He went to prison. Yesterday, he shrugged off the attack, saying, it was all a long time ago when I used to go around getting very drunk and uh, and fighting. I was sentenced to 12 months and served six months. It's the first and last time I've been in prison, but not the first time I've had a run-in with the law. Yeah, you need to sort of come clean, because if they start plastering you, Mr Merritt, over the papers, uh, the building company employees should be dropping you like a ton of bricks. West Mercia Police have treated the complaint as antisocial, but have so far taken no, no action at all. Wolf whistling is not illegal. You can wolf whistle. It depends whether somebody sees it. Even if you see it, you'd probably have to take out a private prosecution. 
because, you know, you, you are allowed to wolf whistle. They've already discussed this uh, before. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, somebody says, uh, Steve, I've got ME and anemia, but I've taken up power walking. I found the workouts on YouTube and I eat right. I'm sick and tired of people who are just plain lazy. You should try to do some sort of workout. Even my late grandmother would do stretches in her chair. Yes, I... I just can't understand why, you know, somebody is sitting there like this bloated porpoise at 55 stone at the age of 22 who's, who's got friends who quite clearly want to see her dead. Her parents quite clearly want to see her dead because they're feeding her. Don't let her have access to the telephone. Don't let her order takeaways. No, it's no good just going, oh, she's going to eat salads, as if salads make you lose weight. The only thing that makes you lose weight is doing exercise. You could eat as, as much Kentucky Fried Chicken as you wanted, provided every time you had it, you did a workout. But there's no... She can't even lift a leg up. Can't even lift a leg up. I'd say to her, if you want something to eat, you, you walk into the kitchen. I can't. Well, you'll have to try, won't you? I can remember sitting there with my parents years and years ago when you, when you go through the, you know, the terrible part of your childhood where you think, oh, they're, just, they're just really against me. You know, eat this. I don't want to. There's people starving. Well, send it to them. I used to hate mushrooms. Hated mushrooms. I wasn't, I'm still not very good with swede. I'll have it as a sort of a, a mixture at wintertime, or soup or something like that, but the rest of the time, yucky, yucky. And, uh, and my mother would say, eat it, it's good for you. I say, I don't want it to be good for me. I don't want any of this stuff. Parents always know best. But I knew, and that's why I think today's generation are much better educated than the, the, sort of, you know, the people from, from my generation are much better educated, because we never had takeaways. You had a fish and chip shop, but you had that on a Friday. Occasionally, if you were out on the town, and it was a, it was a bit of a treat if we'd been to the youth club to go and get six pennyworth worth of chips. Got some scraps on as well, if you're very lucky, with a piece of fish in it. Uh, we've had milk floats break down, although they have a sign on them saying broken down. We've still got tickets. This, this must be Kevin. He says, one of which had run out of charge was ticketed, and on appeal, the council said it was classed as running out of fuel, and therefore the driver's fault councils are so dumb aren't they we tried explaining about how the charge had broken down and nobody knew but all we got was rules are rules yes <laughs> slightly odd aren't they councillors <laughs> uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk don't forget um, you can talk to nick clegg today might be for the final time he'll be the one deciding on that and uh, says i hate facebook says ben as at times, it's like the Jeremy Kyle show. People slagging each other off or threatening each other. I rarely use it. I don't know. I mean, I d- I'm not on Facebook. I, d- I don't do Instagram either, which I believe you can take pictures of. But I think poor old Katie Price is so bored. I mean, her life must be so dull. She just sits there in her tracksuit bottoms, you know, staring at the television or the computer, trying to Google stuff about herself, and, uh, and coming up with, you know, really dull stories. So Jodie the has-been Marsh writes something... And immediately it all kicks off again. Like, anybody cares? Who cares? Really don't care. Don't care. I like the idea that the dog gets um, an OBE. A posthumous OBE. This is Sniffer Dog Jake. And uh, he actually got this award the other day. He sniffed out more than £5 million worth of contraband. But that's what he's paid to do, isn't it? I thought that's what dogs were trained to do. He, I mean, he did quite well, but then I would expect him to. He had, um, he had 523 fines. He found uh, cash, handguns, shotgun, an assault rifle, ammunition and four and a half million pounds worth of drugs. It's only the second time the order's been awarded since it was given to horses and dogs policing the 2011 London riots. Andy 
who's his uh, mate, PC Crouch, gave up working with dogs after Jake's death, says, Jake worked tirelessly. My family and I were devastated by his death. And it's going to take pride of place, this medal, with his accommodation and tag, which he wore daily. I've got sneaking admiration for these dogs. I've always thought, you know, I, w- I would quite like to have a dog and you just walk out. I'd like to do Heathrow Airport. In fact, any airport. And just say, uh, just, you know, if the dog sits down in front of you, you could have a field day, couldn't you? They do it occasionally in Soho, where people are sitting at tables and they take the dog along. And of course, you know, I think people are expecting Alsatians, but a lot of the time they use Spaniels. And so the Spaniel sits in front of you and think, oh, how sweet. No, sadly not, because along comes the policeman going, um, I think we'll have a little chat. Shall we like to come and have a little chat with us? All the papers anticipating good weather this weekend, because being bank holiday, are doing big adverts for barbecue food. You know, get your quarter pounders, get your chicken thighs, get your, you know, your duck, get your your Budweiser, your Strongbow, your ketchup, your real mayonnaise, your burger buns and everything else in. But I have a horrible feeling it's going to be a washout. I have a horrible feeling that we're going to be drowning by the time we get to Monday, which is a shame because many of you might want to take tomorrow off. In which case you get the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday and the Monday. All the fun fairs will be on and they'll be really, really gutted if it rains. So we keep our fingers crossed that it won't. Here's the uh, the man, Britain's worst shoplifter, Harry Hankinson. What a fool. What a fool. 65. He's walked free from court despite committing his 522nd offence. A judge described his case as exceptional since no punishment seems to work. His criminal career dates from 1970 when he says a bump on his head changed his personality. Well, how about we give you another bump on the head? Perhaps we can change you back again. He comes from Bolton in Greater Manchester. He's got a two-year ASBO, jailed for 16 months, and then he just carried on. He, he went through the self-service checkout at Morrison's with a bottle of Glenfiddich. He was convicted of theft and a breach of an ASBO, ordered to pay £145 costs. His record now adds up to 522 offences. It's mainly booze, cigarettes, spirits, groceries... And um, and he's sort of blaming it on everybody except himself. I think we just lock him up and throw away the key. What do you reckon? Not a lot easier, isn't it? Lovely picture of Brian May and Anita Dobson. I'm going to be seeing them, actually, on the 17th <coughs> of, uh, of next month, which is lovely. But anyway, she uh, was at London's Royal Albert Hall, as you know, in Follies in Concert. And uh, they've got separate houses. They've been married for 14 years. And uh, he's, he's campaigning now. He does also, he's ever so tall. He's ever so tall, but she did. Uh, she did her uh, her song, at the one and only performance of Follies. Well, in fact, there were two performances, and so she says here. She lives in London. Her husband has a house in Surrey. She says, um, "I just have to be on a busy street with lots going on." But Brian likes the country, and that's what we were talking about the other day. A lot of people saying, you know, you really miss the countryside when you've not been in it for some while because you don't wake up to traffic noises, you wake up to the sound of birdsong. And that's what people seem to like. Having told you the other day that we got Robert Redford and Barbara Streisand reunited after starring together, there are lots of other people uh, from Basic Instinct, Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. You could do uh, Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise. They're pictured together. He still looks the same. He, He appears not to age at all. 20 years after Top Gun. I still never liked that film. I just, I refuse to be manipulated by it. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, sleepless in Seattle. And still a love story for Ryan O'Neill, who's now 74, and Ali McGraw is 76. And the slogan was, what is it? Love means never having to say you're sorry. 
and people wept, and you now look at them, and uh, they've aged, but they're still alive, which is good. Richard Gere, still looking good, and uh, still pretty woman, Julia Roberts. He's 65, she's 47. Uh, that was from Pretty Woman. And uh, what did nine and a half weeks do for Kim Basinger, 61? Mickey Rourke is 62. They don't look any different at all. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, she's 66, he's 61. And I don't think he's got any hair anymore. And uh, she came in here and she looked lovely. Absolutely lovely. But I suppose, really, it, I mean, it has to go to Tom Cruise. Because at the age of 52, he still looks, you know, like a, like a 30-year-old. Amazing. The time is quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Do you know, I've got no idea what the weather's going to be like for today, so I shall find out uh, in a moment... Just I have, a, I have a sneaking feeling the weekend is not going to be as uh, as good as we want it to be, which is always a bit of a shame, isn't it? So let's have a quick look. Weather. What, is, what has she told us for today? Here we go. Uh, isolated daytime showers. I walked out of the building yesterday. I was a fool, wasn't I? I should have... I did check the LBC weather. I did, I did read it. I did hear it on numerous occasions. And yet I forgot to bring an umbrella. So I walked out of the building and Courtney said to me... I said, it's raining. He said, yes... So I'm going to get wet. And I did get wet <laughs> waiting for the bus, but it came along quite quickly, so I was quite happy about that. Dry and chilly overnight today. Much of the region will have a dry day with some sunny spells, but cloud will bubble up to give the light shower here and there by the morning. Lovely. Uh, the expected high today, 14 degrees. 14 degrees. And uh, tonight, dry across uh, most areas with some clear spells. And tomorrow, although some hazy sunshine is likely for a time, cloud will thicken more generally in the afternoon with some patchy light rain possible in the south later. Uh, The high on Friday, 14 degrees. Saturday through Monday, starting dry on Saturday. Rain spreading northeasterly during the afternoon. Rain or showers on Sunday. Heavy and thundery in places. Oh, whoopee-doo. Uh, sunny intervals and scattered heavy showers on Monday. Sorry about that. It, may, it does seem, doesn't it, like typical bank holiday weather. I can't, I can't make it sound any better for you because, because uh, it doesn't. <laughs> what a miserable! I'm so sorry. I wish I'd not told you, because now you're going to blame me, aren't you? You're going to go. Oh, wish you'd not mentioned that weather. You are the jinx on the weather. The jinx on the weather. I felt very sorry for um, a mum. She beat uh, breast cancer, and she lived her dream of riding a horse. You know you see people riding horses through the surf? And she wanted to do that. So she beat breast cancer, she was laughing out loud, and then she fell off. And she died. Because I don't know whether you've ever fallen off horses, but you can do yourself some serious damage. She was wearing a helmet, but landed on her head. She suffered a fractured skull and severe brain injury. She travelled 100 miles to this beach near Swansea in South Wales to fulfil her wish of riding on sand. Her friend, who was riding with her in a jogger, administered first aid. The Coast Guard rescue team tried to revive her, but she died at the scene. Such a shame, isn't it, that she goes all the way through that. Her husband uh, said, uh, you know, she'd really been looking forward to it. Really been looking forward to it. So, tragic way to, uh, to finish. Having beaten breast cancer. You know, no small achievement in this day and age. Other stories of the papers today, and out... I still love that, that pub story. That really does... That, that does it for me today. This was the pub I mentioned earlier, which uh, survived World War Two and bombings and everything else, and the, the developer went, oh, let's have that down. So they pulled it down, and far from the council, siding with them, going, well, you've made a bit of a mistake, so whatever. Uh, they've said, no, you actually put it back exactly as it was. 
exactly as it was, complete with all the fittings inside. They must be feeling a little bit gutted about the whole thing. They've taken photographs. And the woman, this made all the, uh, the headlines last night. It's an Oxford University student who was the victim of a vicious sexual assault this month, has written a moving and inspirational open letter to her attacker. Ione Wells, who's a 20-year-old student of English at Keeble College, was assaulted by a youth who followed her from Chalk Farm Chew in North London to a home in Primrose Hill. And uh, he, she, she wrote about it. She wrote about it. It's a letter to her assaulter, and she said, you know, you're not going to put me off going out there. I'm going out there. I'm I'm not reclaiming the streets. You're not taking the streets away from me. She talks about, you know, the people who form uh, those relations to me make up my community and you assaulted every single one of them. She doesn't know this person at all. She says, you, my attacker, have not proved any weakness in me or my actions, but only demonstrated the solidarity of humanity. Because she basically turned around to him and said, you, you know, I'm not going to be put off by this experience. I'm going to fight you back. And that's what people have to do. And so she makes it in the papers today. She also makes the front page of the Daily Mail. The women who defied male tormentors. The other one is the mum I told you about, who used to work here, who was being stalked for 12 years by some idiot who's now gone to prison. But I shouldn't imagine it made any difference to him. He'll still be... He, at one point, he Googled her. I think, was it 40,000 times, I said? Some huge amount of times he Googled her. And you think, get over yourself, learn. The firefighters and the medics... Who've, uh, who needed a crane to lift this woman out of her home again, the woman who's never worked, never done anything, just sat there and sponged off the country, you know, because she was normal size. At one she didn't come into the world at this size. She's ballooned because she's eaten, and uh, it was terrible. Plus, there's a former postman here. This is uh, Paul Mason. Uh, he's standing naked, although, to be honest with you, he looks like the elephant man. You've never seen anybody who looks so awful. Um, he spent nine hours under the knife... Uh, he was labelled the world's fattest man, but he wasn't. He wasn't as fat as he thought he was. I remember seeing him on a television programme. He was quite miffed. They were saying, no, actually, you're not, you're not 70 stone, you're, you know, 47 stone, whatever it was. He went, no, I'm not. And he was, he was quite arrogant about it. Anyway, he's now spent nine hours under the knife. He's lost £46 pounds worth of skin. And uh, so he's been treated. He has a fiancé. Uh, she'd seen him, uh, his fiancé, on this programme, The World's Fattest Man, where he just sat there and bleated on about how he was the world's fattest man, and they went, well, you're not as fat as you think you are, there's a pair of scales here, and he argued all the way through. He comes from Ipswich, he's been living with this woman uh, for several months, and so he's had this um, this fat cut away. He did have a gastric band fitted in 2010, but quite clearly it didn't seem to make any difference at all, as it doesn't with these people. It must be some addiction, mustn't it? That's why you have to say, in the case of uh, Georgia Davis, who's had everything handed to her on a plate, her food mainly, um, you know, you've actually got to stop. You've got to stop eating. You're going for an early death. So she, she dropped to 37 stone, four pounds. And uh, now, I mean, she, she did, strange enough, she studied for a nutrition qualification to help her maintain her healthy diet, which, of course, lasted all but five minutes as the lure of Kentucky fried chicken and sweet and sour chicken and sweet and sour pork and special fried rice and crispy duck and pancake rolls and everything else took over. She's probably listening to this programme now. But they had to winch her out of the flat. How embarrassing. And at what cost? At what cost? They had ambulances there, emergency vehicles. They had to, to close the road. We've had all the bleatings from her, from her friends, going, she just wants to live a normal life. Well, stop her eating. Reality TV star Lil Chris was found hanged, as we know. 
The inquest has been adjourned uh, just before his death in his hometown of Lowestoft. He wrote on Twitter, thinking about quitting music forever, I'm just not good enough. His name is Chris Hardman, shot to fame at 15 after Gene Simmons, lead singer of the group Kiss, made him the lead singer of a student band in Channel 4's Rock School. He had a top five hit with Checking It Out and he appeared in musicals, but he struggled with depression and he he decided to take his own life because he didn't think he was good enough. And that's where I think your friends have to come in. They've got to spot these signs. People have got to be taught what to look for. You've got to make sure that you can stop this happening again. He was just a young man. So he might not have been good enough, but we'll never know. Because he didn't get that far in his career. He could have actually gone an awful lot further. Denise Welsh, she's going to crop up, actually, in Inspector George Gently. She's, uh, she apparently says she's celebrating her 57th birthday. I thought she was like 70. I had no idea she was only 57, but uh, she's celebrating three years sober. She said there will be no wild partying, though, as I live like a nun, if only, if only. <laughs> she was the, other, the, the one the other day in the papers that we mentioned on the programme who was uh, saying about Katie Hopkins, she's vile, she's horrible, she's this and that. Whereas, in fact, if she was as vile and as horrible, as I said yesterday, the sun would have dropped her as a columnist, but they seem to like having her as a columnist. Uh, take that, Howard Donald's become so obsessed with golf... He's hoping to compete professionally. Uh, Back in 2013, he did post a picture of himself practising. I can't understand golf at all. I have to hold my hands up and and profess to an undying disregard of the entire sport, if that's what you call it. We did crazy golf when we were kids. And now I've got friends of mine uh, who run a pub in Twickenham. They love golf. They absolutely do it. They would go anywhere to play golf. I know loads of people who enjoy going round playing golf. I'm not one of them. I just cannot understand it for the life of me. I really don't. I'm sure there must be some fascination. I don't know whether the fascination is hitting the thing and actually getting the hole in one or getting it near the hole. I mean, I, I really don't know. I, oh, sorry. I really don't know what it is because I cannot understand it. People have to wear Pringle jumpers and they have to wear Farrah trousers. And, uh, and, and you look at them and you think, are you really getting something out of it? And the answer is Yes. They really, really enjoy it. They absolutely enjoy it. I just cannot, uh, you know, I cannot get it. Uh, Lucas says, uh, her diet may be extreme, but I disagree with you on one point. You cannot out-train a poor diet. Well, they'll just have to. They'll just have to. They'll just have to, they'll have to sort of train her. They have to, it's, you know, you have to train your stomach to accept less food. That's the, I know that because I've done diets over the years. Not myself, but I've talked about them on the programme. I've done more diet books and this recipe book and that recipe book. So I know all about it. You have to train your stomach. And once you've got yourself down to that target weight, you've got to maintain it. But, of course, most people don't because they think, well, once they've got themselves down there, they can go back on the food again. And it's called yo-yo dieting. How many times have you heard that expression? You know, people who balloon, then they go down, then they go up, then they go down. In the end, you just say, listen, just eat whatever you want, because you are what you eat. And in her case, she's a barrage balloon. What a silly girl, says the wolf-whistling builder. Uh, he has spent time in prison for an assault, but uh, he says it's part of the culture of working on a building site. People go out there and they wolf-whistle. Uh, eating healthily, it's asparagus time. I do like asparagus. And you can just have it fairly simply with with butter, which is probably the bad side of it. Uh, Still waiting for the royal baby. Still wait. I'll probably be saying this tomorrow morning. A quarter of all people hate their jobs. Uh, Gazza's back on the booze. Paddy McGuinness is going to join Corrie. And uh, Christian Gurumurthy says Robert Downey Jr. is a parasite and a muckraker. 
disgraceful, it really is. It's LBC, I'm Steve Allen. On this is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday, the 30th of April. 40% of you still can't decide which way to vote. You better make your mind up soon. Perhaps we can convince you later on today. Perhaps you'll be hearing Nick Clegg with uh, Nick Ferrari and you'll then make up your mind. How to speak cat. I must find this story again because I know lots of people listening have cats. The Avon lady who earns more than the Prime Minister. What a silly girl, says the wolf-whistling builder. He said everybody wolf-whistles on building sites. No, they don't. I don't think so. Uh, A quarter of you hate your jobs. Change your job. Why would somebody want to do a job that they absolutely hate? Still waiting for the royal baby. The Twitter rant from Jordan and Jodie Marsh. And uh, Greville Janner facing questioning now. They'll probably try and establish whether or not they think his his dementia is that severe. But if they're going to sit down and question him on what he can actually remember, all he's got to do is sit there and say, I've got no idea what you're talking about. No idea. And up goes the wall of silence. You've got no idea at all. Uh, Michelle Keegan, uh, no mobile phones at their wedding because they've sold it. And if you sell it, the magazine has the uh, right to all the pictures from the wedding. So woe betide anybody who tries to get pictures. It's a shame, really, isn't it? Because your friends get kind of thrown onto the scrap heap in the corner because they're so desperate to be there. And it, you can't take your own person. You imagine going to a wedding of a close friend and they go, you're not allowed to take any pictures. Why? I've known you for years. Why can't I take pictures of you? Because we've sold it. Because we're that cheap and tarty and mean and tight that we've sold the wedding pictures. And so you can't take any pictures of us. So ha, ha, ha. You'll have to go and buy the magazine. Bit disappointing, isn't it, really? As if anybody cares. I'm giving it less than a year. But that's just me being being interesting, I think, at this time of the morning. Uh, 84850, uk, And, um... A lot of people talking about uh, George Gently coming back. Eighth year. Eighth year. And uh, back on Wednesdays. They're, they're already filmed. They're already in the can. Seven minutes. Seven minutes past six. Uh, 70 years on from the Fuhrer's suicide, Germany no longer hides from its past and actively marks the sites of the Nazis' worst atrocities. Now you can go on the Hitler tour. There is a Hitler tour, including Gestapo headquarters... Uh, Grunewald Station. This is where Jews were deported to the death camp. They're not really offering this as a tour, are they? Dear me. The bunker. This is uh, the site, they say, of where he committed suicide. I mean, you can't actually believe it, can you? You can't actually believe that you know, they would do something as this. You thought they'd want to just sort of airbrush it out of history and just, just get rid of it. More women will make 90. 90, apparently, is the new sort of 70. Lots of people are heading now. You see more people in the newspapers. Do you not? And they go, so-and-so, so-and-so is 89. So-and-so is 81. You think, good grief. Fantastic. And they look so good on it. So good. Uh, also, the mother of the riot lad speaking out. She's become very famous. Because <coughs> she ripped his mask off and dragged him home. It was, it was really... It was, it was worth watching, actually. I, I kind of cheered in my own little private way. Uh, front pages of the papers we'll look at this morning including the fact that uh, Jezza and co have formed a band. I think we're, we're still in two minds over whether or not Top Gear is coming back. We're still in two minds over whether or not uh, Mr Clarkson is going to come back to it because every time I turn on the television, and it has been every single day, there are repeats of Top Gear. And the better... 
you know, the programme, the more I'm, I've become addicted to it. Not totally addicted, but I can just appreciate the chemistry between all of them. It just works. But they say they are coming back. Uh, they're coming back as a, as a band, which will be very, very popular. Uh, Michael Sheen has helped to stop a pensioner receiving a pauper's funeral. The Welsh actor heard um, 74-year-old mining activist Dave Green, who he'd met last year whilst filming a died penniless. So uh, Michael Sheen gave an undisclosed sum and got his 230,000 Twitter fans to help towards a funeral and a headstone. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? I like that. Makes poor old Katie Price and Jodie Marsh seem a little bit dreary, but there again, they always were dreary. Uh, they reckon if, if, we, if we sort of give a vindaloo to Kate, she might give birth quickly, so it could be curry up, Kate. Thank you. I know it's an old one. Uh, football icon, really? Do people still say that of Paul Gascoigne? Or do they not just say sad drunk? I think they just say sad drunk. His daughter, Bianca, she's not his daughter, she's his stepdaughter, and she's milked every aspect of their relationship. At one point, she's slagged him off. Now, of course, when she needs him, she was hoping... That, uh, that he would be there for the opening of her strip club class act. Class act. Thank God she's not actually stripping, so that's the good news for everybody. And it was at a VIP event. There's nothing VIP about strip bars, ladies and gentlemen. And she was hoping he was going to be there, but he fell off the wagon. That means he went back onto the booze again. And here's uh, George Clooney with his uh, wife, Amal. I'm becoming a bit bored with them, actually. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be saying that on this programme, but uh, just a little bit. She's, she's looking a bit thin, Every keeps saying the same. She needs to eat a little bit more. In the quake, the first Brit who died has been confirmed. Uh, up until now, no Brits at all, but they have confirmed one Brit. Uh, the sickos who've trolled the McCanns after their £357,000 libel cash. This is because people have said, oh, you've, you've profiteered from your daughter's disappearance. No, they profiteered, if profiteering is the word, for a libel that was printed in a book. The book has now been withdrawn from sale. This man made allegations which weren't true. If somebody says something untrue about you, you sue. It's as simple as that. If you're the McCanns, you sue. How they determine the amount of money, I don't know. Whether this man will ever come up with this money, I don't know. Perhaps they'll have to borrow it or something. But uh, £357,000 for a Portuguese copper who probably wouldn't even have seen anything like that amount of money. Even if he sold his house, he wouldn't get even half of that. Even half of it. So now they've been trolled, which, of course, you would imagine they would be by people. All they have to do is go to the police. Don't go to the papers. It's silly. Just go, go to the police, get these people arrested, and uh, you put them into court. Simple as that. You know, you can't have people saying things. But that's what libel is. That's if somebody says something untrue about you. If they say something untrue, then you can go to court and you can, you can change their minds. And even in Portugal, they have such things as libel courts. Uh, the CBB family got together the other day. I've got no idea why. A mini reunion. How dreary. Jim Davidson and Casey Batchelor and Lee Ryan. Oh, God. I mean, really, it's enough to turn you to drink, isn't it, really? And uh, his and hers cafe menu, apparently, is sexist. I must tell you the story of this one. Male diners have offered, are offered in this cafe hearty dishes such as sausage and bacon. Women are urged to scoff a lighter dish of smoked salmon, poached egg and avocado. Charity administrator Charlotte Murray was so outraged, you can imagine, can't you? I'm really outraged, really outraged, that she shared a picture of the menu board at the cafe Be On It in Bristol under the popular Twitter hashtag Everyday Sexism. I think it's only a bit of fun, actually. But obviously the uh, 
The aforementioned charity administrator, Charlotte Murray, has no sense of humour, so she complained about it. And then somebody else agreed, saying it's an attempt at a quirky menu gone wrong. It's enough to put you off your breakfast altogether. How do these people cope with life? Just getting up and getting dressed must be very exhausting for them. The £7.95 for him meal comprises tortillas, bacon, sausage, tomato, mushrooms, cheese, ham, bread and butter. The for her option boasts a muffin, salmon, poached egg, salad leaves, cherry tomatoes, avocado, red onion and pumpkin seeds for the same price. The cafe launched its new menu last month. The representative for the independent shop said, to be clear, anybody's free to order from either menu. We never meant to offend and we'll be taking the for him and for her labels off the menu. Well, if only to keep poor little Charlotte Murray happy. I mean, a dreary little person that she is. Oh, I can't believe you've got a for her menu. Oh, God, it's just a joke, dear. It's just a joke. Try and appreciate it. You must be a wow at Christmas. We're pulling a Christmas cracker. Why did the chicken cross the road? Equal rights for chickens. That's how it goes, isn't it? Kelly Brook, bit of excitement around here this morning. Apparently Kelly Brook has apparently tied the knot marrying her TV lesbian lover. Even with a lesbian lover, you can't save this dreary non-comedic programme and it's only fun. They haven't really got married. She's not really a lesbian. I know it's very fashionable at the moment to be lesbian. I'm thinking of becoming one myself. But uh, at the moment, it's only pretend. It's just for the series. So they'll do anything to try and get it you know, in the newspapers and to try and get people in America watching it. But people in America are avoiding it like the plague. Like the plague. Uh, Scientists have been given a million pounds to research the world's first 9D television. Apparently they'll use blasts of air to stimulate the viewer's senses. I don't have even got round 3D television, so there's no no chance of doing 9D. And uh, Kerry Katona... Showing the results of her latest diet fad. I have to call it that, because whichever way you try and sell Kerry Katona, it's just an old woman in an oversized bikini. That's all it is. And apparently she's, uh, she's uh, ditched booze to shake up for, shape up for her UK tour. It's not for her UK tour, it's a group going out. She says, my bum's perkier. Well, it might be, dear, but not on an old woman like you. I don't think people are really worrying about things like that. And try not to embarrass your children anymore. It's really getting ridiculous. It's quarter past six. <laughs> Steve Allen on LBC. I'm feeling in quite a good mood today, actually, which is unusual for a Thursday. It's generally Friday I'm in the good mood at. Uh, But it's nice to have you come. Spartacus says, there's nothing a human can't do, answer to the last tweet, that it's hard to change a diet. Exactly. You can do anything. You can do anything. You know, people say, you know, I can't stop smoking. You can. You can stop smoking. If people say, you know, I can't stop drinking, you can stop drinking. You've just got to have the willpower. You've got to have the sort of the, just the get up and go to do something, to prove it yourself. I stopped smoking. I don't want to go on about it. It's a bit, bit boring when people start talking about smoking. And, um, and I stopped. I could start again tomorrow. Seriously, if somebody offered me a cigarette and I was weak enough, I'd go, oh, I'll just have one. I'd be back on them immediately. Back on them immediately. So I, I just wouldn't go there. Christine had a look at the picture of the courtesy car. And says, uh, well, at least it's got four doors and a back seat for the Prosecco. It is true, actually. It is true. <laughs> it did have a back seat, but I had to, had to clear it out yesterday. Uh, sad story in the paper today of a, of a teen driver who killed his 16-year-old passenger in a cocaine fueled fast and furious car ride. Paul Lace, 17, never had a driving lesson. Never had a driving lesson. Hit speeds of 120 miles an hour. His pal, Elise Kelly, died... 
when Lace crashed his mate's BMW. The owner, Alan Shinton, had persuaded Lace to drive after they'd been drinking and snorting cocaine because he had a drink-driving conviction. I mean, you know what sort of people these are, don't you? They're the people who appear on the Jeremy Kyle show. The judge said a young life was tragically and needlessly lost. He shouldn't have driven off at speed. He shouldn't even have got into the car at all. So he's been jailed for, I think, three years. Disqualified from driving for six years. I think it should be a lifetime ban, don't you? Let's not mess around with this three-year malarkey, because nobody ever keeps to it. Front pages of the papers. This is what you're waking up to today. Oh, apart from the fact that Patsy is very jealous of me talking to Martin Shaw. We, uh, we had a very, very good discussion. You'll be hearing, I think, next week on In Conversation. George Gently starts, I think, Wednesday. And uh, there are four full-length, I think, one-and-a-half-hour features. So we look forward to that. It's, it's, a, it's a really good chat, actually. He, he, he talks about everything. He talks about everything. Even when I said to him, you know, at one time you didn't want to talk about the professionals. And he said, he said, because that's all people wanted to talk about, the professionals. Forgetting that I'd done work at the National Theatre and done films before that. It was like it was airbrushed. So we had a good chat about that, about Lewis Collins. We talked about all sorts of things. The fact he's got a private pilot's licence and he's got a, a lovely old plane, which he flies over the countryside. Not to get from A to B, just because he loves flying. And you probably saw him on Loose Women yesterday. But this weekend for In Conversation, it's the girls, it's Catherine Jenkins and Fern Britton. Fern's got a book out and she's doing a, a bike ride. I think it's Land's End to John O'Groats because she's lost a huge amount of weight. She looks really good at the moment. Catherine Jenkins just just looks good. Honestly, I just feel fat and bloated next to Catherine Jenkins. Uh, she's doing a, a lovely concert for VE Day for our sister station, Classic FM, with loads of unusual people. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the fact she didn't sell her wedding. She didn't need or feel the need to sell the wedding. It was for it was her day. She got married at Hampton Court, which you're probably aware of, and she's pregnant at the moment. But they just wanted it for friends and family, and that's the way that it was. Front pages of the papers. The Sun this morning, born this day, the Sun's 2015 election verdict. Reason one, reason two, reason three. Uh, the front of the Daily Star, it's uh, Kelly's lesbian wedding. Do you know, is there a day that goes by that we don't have a Kelly Brooks story? Pop Gear, Jezza and Co. form band. Lots of people do that. I've known some uh, tennis players before now who've actually formed a band. The Daily Mirror, uh, the brilliant pull-out guide to the big election issues, bearing in mind that all the papers will be biased one particular way or the other. So when they have election issues, they're going to be more biased towards one party than another. So just be aware of that, just in case. Uh, alive, the four-month-old girl pulled from the quake rubble after 22 hours. 22 hours, amazing. Also, cocaine found in Kate's hospital toilet. Drugs may have been snorted in a toilet. Yards from the hospital ward where the Duchess of Cambridge is about to give birth. She's not there. She's out swimming and shopping and doing things. She's not even gone into the hospital at the moment. Tests found trace of cocaine on a cistern. On a cistern? Aren't they fairly high up the wall? What is somebody standing on the seat doing it? Good Lord. A hospital spokeswoman said we will investigate reports thoroughly. Good. Lovely. Amy Winehouse's boyfriend, Reg Travis, has blasted a new biopic about the star after his interviews were cut from the documentary. Furious film director Reg has joined Amy's dad, Mitch, in condemning how the rehab singer is depicted in the movie. But that's the thing, isn't it? It's called journalistic licence. People, people depict people in movies the way they see it, not the way it might have been. It's done with a certain amount of leeway. And if they wanted to, uh, you know, to airbrush him out, they can airbrush him out. Their film, 
Their film, a fictional film based on real-life events, gives you creative licence, but a documentary biopic is something quite different. There is a responsibility. Oh, don't go see the picture. Although somebody says here, uh, excluding Reg, not to have him in the film is just ridiculous. I don't know enough about him. I really don't. Uh, the Daily Mail, the women who defied the male tormentors, the mum who was stalked for 12 years. They finally jailed him, but he's so much of an idiot. He's probably still thinking of ways that he can stalk her from inside prison. He quite clearly will not be told. So uh, I think we have to think of something a little bit uh, little bit harder for him. I don't think a three-year three sentence is actually enough for this person. I think you have to make sure that he understands exactly to stay well away. 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, also, 40% of voters still can't decide. A week to go, and the uh, mail poll reveals 10 million votes are up for grabs. 10 million votes are up for grabs. That's how many. 40% of people have no idea. Can't believe that, can you? Can you believe that 40% of people have no idea which way to vote? Uh, Steve, I cannot watch Top Gear as I can't bear the sycophantic studio audience. Do you know, it's one of the most requested shows. One of the most requested shows for tickets. I thought they were quite classy, the audience. I think they, they don't say anything. They just stand there. There's obviously some petrol heads and they stick in a few sort of pretty blonde girls who have to stand there. Let's get rigor mortis standing there for that amount of time. Uh, the Daily Express, they've got Why Are We All Living Longer? Why we, sorry, Why We Are All Living Longer. The health boost means the average age of men will be 85.7. God, I'm not sure I want to go to 85.7. And, and uh, that's for men. Women, 87.6. 87.6. Other stories of the paper, the, the violent past of the, uh, the wolf whistler. And uh, also manned tills on the shopping list now. You're not just very, you're not very good in supermarkets, are you, ladies and gentlemen? We get a bit confused by the whole thing. Daily Telegraph. Uh, here's uh, Prince Charles now playing table tennis, which is lovely. And the footballer exposed in the Telegraph match fixing investigation is jailed. This is uh, Delroy Facey, who played for Bolton Wanderers, West Bromwich Albion, and Hull City. He became the highest profile player to be convicted over a plot to target games across the country. There's one born every minute, and he's the idiot for this week. Prince of Wales playing badminton. It was the opening of a, a new sports centre in Ayrshire. Meanwhile, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge have signalled that the wait for their second child could last another week. I'm not sure I can wait another week. Front page of the Metro today. Uh, this is uh, the Wolf Whistler. She's just a silly girl and a record... How much money has been raised for the people of Nepal? Phenomenal amount. Phenomenal amount. 19 million in less than 24 hours. 19 million. They're complaining in parts of Nepal that they've seen nobody at all. They've seen nobody. They want to know I mean, how much longer... How much longer is it going to be before help arrives there? And uh, I would think with that amount of money... I hope all the money goes out there. I hope that it's looked after. And I hope that there are people... I don't know which, which charity is organising it. But I just hope that the money gets to the people. And I hope that they get what they want. Because it's... You, you know, that we should be really on this a little bit quicker. On this a little bit quicker. Front page of the, uh, of the Times this morning. And this is David Beckham at 40. Who cares? Okay, so the man who advertises whiskey and underpants, not that exciting anymore. Greville Janner facing questioning by a new sex abuse inquiry and the Lib Dems to revolt over the fresh pact with the Tories. This is what you can ask Nick Clegg when he appears with Nick and the Battle Bus. 